0: Is that good enough? It's Game of the Year, guys. Uh, It's Neo Kaido's Game of the Year Discussions. This is part three. Um, Yeah, they're telling me part three. Uh, And today's categories are Best Presentation, Biggest Disappointment, and Best Music. Um, Hang on, wait. Who's with me again? Dave, Rob, you there?
1: Yep, it's me. Billy Snabby Dave.
0: Okay.
2: Damn. (laughs) Killing it.
0: And No, I just oh. want to leave you guys alone. I mean,
3: we'll <laughs> Rob, take it. Rob, you there? Rob, hello. Rob, come yo, in. Yo, yep, uh, got my ear to my, or hand to my ear. Um, me too. Some, game of the year? Okay, yeah, yeah I can do that. Okay. <laughs> I have both fingers pressed firmly against these headphones. I can no longer run until this conversation is over.
0: Yeah, that's that's just how God intended. Right. God never intended us to talk over the radio and run. <laughs> What does he say? What? what does God say? No, not God. <laughs> Marcus he Phoenix. Says a lot of things. It, he says, the, Audio.
3: The,
0: chainsaw Lancer. That
3: yeah, that's his Mark's... catchphrase. Chainsaw <laughs> yeah. Lancer. <laughs> yeah, he says, I'm going to chainsaw you. <laughs> Locust.
2: Locust.
0: <laughs> that's what he says um but you know gears of war is a great game but let's talk about games that came out this year um so our first category uh anything else to be said before we hop in here nope, uh, nope. okay okay <laughs> uh, the the committee says no and moving swiftly on um we're going to talk about best presentation um this could also be known as Uh, This says best cohesive style. I feel like most cohesive might be a better way to put that. Um, The game with the least scenes. um, What's another way that you guys might say uh, best presentation?
1: Uh, I don't know. Biggest showboat. The style. I'm thinking like
0: polished. No, because
1: you can have a good presentation that isn't polished as okay. one of our choices on this list is clearly that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Best presentation. Let the listener figure it out.
0: Listener, you decide while we tell you what the best presentation is. Um we're picking between these nominations. We're picking between these nominations. Wolfenstein 2. The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, Persona 5, Cuphead, uh, Don't Deal with the Devil, Hellblade, What Remains of Edith Finch, Divinity 2, Dujana, Super Mario Odyssey, and those are going to be the nominations for this category.
3: Literally um, no other games that could Oh, possibly, hang
0: on. Wait. There's a late addition here. Um, crazy how Gang Beasts made it onto this list. I don't think that's most uh, best presentation you know, but um, all right, we can take that off.
1: Okay. Bye gang beasts.
2: Yeah. Bye, bye gang beasts.
0: Oh wait, hang on. Uh, Gora go is on here. I guess we can also, we can also say, and Mr. Shifty. <laughs> I was going to come here, somewhere. Mr. Shifty. <laughs> um, yeah, I think we can take both those off there. Yeah.
1: I mean, sure. Yeah. I added that to bother you.
0: Okay. <laughs> No, I, I was just joking. It, like, if there is a, a good argument for, Gorogoga, I think there actually is best presentation. It looks like it has a pretty good presentation.
1: Um, I mean, yeah, it's presented to you like a book. Um, but that's fine. I wouldn't say it's the best on here.
0: Okay, cut, man. This is easy. Dropping like flies. Yeah, two down already, Damn. Three gang beast. Uh, barely made it. Um, gang beast made it, in a hurts. So what are we thinking?
1: I'm thinking... I wonder what the argument for half of these are. Some of these are easy. Um, It is easy to understand why Cuphead has good presentation.
3: What's the one you have trouble with? Uh,
1: uh, Let's start with... uh, Edith Finch?
3: Okay. What about Um, its presentation?
0: um, I'm thinking
1: of things like the words flying around.
0: Yeah. Um Mm -hmm. I also think that it presents the world really well and presents it in a timely manner style. Um, I think this game I think okay in, in terms of presentation and what it presents to you I, I think that this game starts and wraps up and like I said a very timely manner and I feel like the game moves at a pace that is like perfect. I never felt bored, I never felt like there was a i never felt like it was scooting me along and i never felt like i was just dragging along um and again like in the presentation like the words are, are really stylish um i think that the rooms are done amazingly um you didn't let me argue for the rooms and best looking so i'm going to argue for them here um I think that those rooms tell a story in themselves of who lived there and what their personality was. And I think it does it really well. And I think like the nooks and crannies throughout the house are a good part of the presentation of like what that house is and learning about the house mm-hmm. and learning who lived in there. Be, like just based on like... Um, Edith, the the grandma, like who she was. I I feel like the house is, as, as a whole, is a good representation of uh, the grandmother in this game. Um, man,
1: I guess like this is just a uh, like an intellectual uh, misunderstanding of what presentation is like. Presentation to me is kind of like how the player, how the game lets the player interact with it. um so that like like how can the player kind of mess with the game's presentation if at all or does the game does the game do a good job of like delivering the emotion it's trying to uh regardless of the player's interaction with it um Mm -hmm. and then i guess the other half of presentation would be its style um as far as like what it does differently from other games in the genre to uh deliver its story um Which I think goes more with what you just said about Edith Finch. Um, Although a lot of that stuff, like, I feel uh, is treaded ground. Like, uh, Edith Finch's uh, delivery is not too far off from something like uh, what remains of uh, or vanishing of Edith Carter um, or something like that. Well,
0: I I feel like the the mechanics are really, they're done very well. Mm Mm-hmm. And they feel very organic, um, in a way that I didn't play. E- e- or, oh gosh, <laughs> <laughs> they get mixed up. Um, the vanishing of Ethan Carter. I didn't. I didn't play that one. Um, from my understanding, it was more like you were going through memories, kind of, and seeing. I mean, what is Edith Finch then? <laughs> those pl- well, I don't know. I, I I think those are memories. Yeah. Well, I think it's done a little bit. Less uh, supernaturally, and there's a few. There's there's less astronauts. It's
1: less supernatural. There's less. So the girl turning into a wolf or bird turning into a wolf turning into a shark, turning into a sea monster is not supernatural.
0: Okay, but in Ethan Carter, you you're like literally walking into memories. Mm-hmm. Like there's a portal that you like walk through. That I don't know. I feel like that's more don't turn this on me. <laughs> God damn it. Um, the, uh, uh, if if I, I, have I have questions about it, the
1: listener will have questions about it.
0: I mean, that's but, not but... supernatural, though, because it's it's done within the confines of this child's imagination, and it's... I think that is very good presentation because it's doing... It's presenting the story as a... As, the child like the kid was imagining it Mm -hmm. um and it's letting you see what like this child's imagination was Mm -hmm. um and uh, again with back on like the mechanics and stuff i feel like it feel like it's very natural uh with how you play the game like whenever you go into one of those scenarios it doesn't if i remember right it doesn't like tell you what to do you just kind of you kind of pick up on what you are supposed to do by like what is in the hands of the character that you're embodying.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, again, like with Walter and, and opening the can of peaches every day, uh, like you just pull the trigger and then rotate the stick. It, it feels, it feels natural. And in, in a way that I think can be, um, I guess, commended um, just because, I don't know. I just feel like it is really good presentation. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you don't, if you guys don't feel very strongly about it. No, then...
1: I was more asking just for better definition of what this what this uh, category is. Yeah. I think we leave Edith Finch on here. Okay. Um, I just wanted to make sure we we're all on the same page of what presentation means.
0: Well, yeah. And also, um, I think that the game, whenever you're first presented with the house, is okay who did no oh, all right stop it we'll <laughs> fight you who side? i will mm. whenever you first see the house just look at those colors and then tell me tell me that it doesn't you don't have a different feeling on the house than you were whenever you first presented with it and uh okay sorry <sighs> somebody else go somebody else just. This... <laughs> You good? Stupid. (laughs) Dumb. Why are we even here? I'm leaving. Um. All right. Well. Uh. Tell me about presentation and uh, Hellblade. Hmm. Me? Yeah. Oh sure. Yeah. I want to hear you knock it down. Um.
1: Let me try to even remember what's going on. Uh. Hellblade has like three different like means of telling you its story at the same okay. time. There is... Uh, <laughs> there's a disembodied narrator. There is Senwa's own thoughts. And then there are supernatural things in the world that are also communicating with you. Um, sometimes all three are talking at the same time, and it's very disjointing, uh, which might be uh, intentional, um, but it makes for... Uh, a bad experience for the player, um, which I agree. Which could be, which could be uh, the the fucking uh, name of this game is Hellblade colon a bad experience for the player? Um, um, as far as uh, not bad as in quality of the game, but bad as in like, hey, we want you to en- in- embody Senwa's uh, experiences. Therefore, we're gonna make you uh, also feel bad. We're going to do that through uh, messing around with the sound and yell at you. And we're also going to do that through making Senwa walk through Molasses throughout the entire game. Um, I, I don't know. Like, I don't feel like there's a cohesive vision with how Hellblade is presented. Like, it does a lot of things. It Like, when you start the game, it's like, it does things where, like, the credits are in the environment, um, mm-hmm. which is a strange visual style uh, for when she's kind of uh rowing down the river. Um and then and then it will, you know, occasionally pepper in like a live action actor, um, who is Dylan. Um kind of just at strange moments, like not when you're uh interacting with runes, but kind of just uh not necessarily out of the blue, but kind of like Senwal will think back on something and then a vision of Dylan will appear.
0: Um, um yeah.
1: Is it triggered yeah, by rooms? I can runes? only
0: think of one time that that happens. Okay. Um. Um. I, I'm, and that's not me like disagreeing with you, uh, on like some of this, but like, I I do think that the game does a really bad job at making the player want to interact with it. Mm-hmm. Um. I think the interaction does not feel great. Um. And I think that it does kind of push you away from it. Like literally, like you refunded the game. Uh, I think that's a really strong um, argument against it that you didn't even want to play it. Um, I do think that the story is, is good personally. Um, I've seen a lot of hate for that. Um, But uh, I, I I like the story and I, I do feel like I had to take moments away from it just because it was like, okay, this is slow. This is trotting. Um, Not only does the, does the uh, narrative kind of bring you down, but the, the, Gameplay does, too. Um, and, yeah, I, I think I'll take it off of here.
1: I mean, there are moments in that game where it's just, like, uh, like, just cuts that don't make sense. Or mm-hmm. things like when you finish, this might be just the first two areas, but when you finish those bosses and it makes you walk back through everything you've walked through mm-hmm. rather than just, like, give you a reason that Senwa would appear uh, back at that main room um and i'm like why why do i like because it would be one thing if you're walking back and like the game would continue its narration but you're just kind of walking back in silence and i'm like is this supposed to be a moment for me to reflect on what just happened because not much just happened yet like um i understand that the game like uh delves deeper into its themes later on but like after fighting those first two bosses like there wasn't much to reflect on it's like okay yeah like these warriors burnt down villages, and yeah, Senwa's dad is mean.
0: Yeah, the first two are really not good. <laughs> like, no. there, there is not anything to reflect on with those two. Um, and I, I feel like that was almost, um, they were trying to do almost the same thing that maybe, um, like Shadow of the Colossus does, but even Shadow of the Colossus m- makes you pass out or whatever, and then wake back up in, in the, the temple, right. Um. Yeah. yeah um, we can take it off here okay so man what do want to talk about there's uh, there's games to talk about here mm-hmm. but I don't know what some might say eight games to talk about That's um, a lot of games yeah the the math checks out I did it <laughs> twice quick um, math actually oh man um Rob <laughs> what up <laughs> you wanna
3: Yeah, it's Tackle Cuphead.
0: Uh, Yeah? Yeah. Is that the the fight you're going to have?
3: I'm going to fight pretty hard for Cuphead. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. It is, I mean, from the minute you start the game to the minute you stop the game. (laughs) It's just pure 1930s animation goodness. Mm -hmm. It, It is so dedicated to its style and its craft of... Emulating that sort of thing, that mm-hmm. I don't—it's it, seamless. I mean, we say the game of the least seems; it is seamless. Yeah. It feels, for every intent and purpose, like you're playing cartoon. What
0: and, do you want to cut out of here?
3: <laughs> uh, you know,
0: that's or what problem. do you want to hear? The what do you want to hear the
3: uh, the argument for at least? Um, I want to hear Wolfenstein actually because. Okay. It's a pretty straightforward game in a lot of ways. And I yeah, I thought, I thought that was one of yours. No. Because I was like, I
1: didn't see why Wolfenstein hangs on I this list. Yeah. Okay. I
0: don't remember adding it, <laughs> but...
1: Well. Uh, do we want to argue anything for Wolfenstein? I,
3: I really can't imagine <laughs> what to say for this. It, uh,
0: I don't think it holds uh-uh. anything against... Or I don't think it, it it holds its place here. Um As well as some of these, so yeah, let's strike it out. None of us have a a good argument for the presentation. I mean, I'll say I'll
1: say Wolfenstein has an impressive amount of narrative to tell with like very little breathing room, um, which is hard to do um, because sometimes that can just kind of be sensory overload, and uh, you kind of die, like you kind of turn off to actually trying to relate with what you're watching. Mm -hmm. um i mean think of any blockbuster movie where like you you're enjoying it while you're watching and then you go that was kind of dumb um when you're finished with it um you know like any fast and furious kind of comes to mind um whereas you know when Wolfenstein 2 ends like you're very stoked about it you're like all right cool i liked all of that like i like with the story i like those characters i want to see more um and being able to do that Without really taking too much moments to pause, it, it does have moments to pause. I think a mm-hmm. lot of the flashbacks BJ has are kind of where uh, where you are the players allowed to reflect a little bit. Yeah, um, but otherwise, like that one time, yeah. But otherwise, um, I don't see what Wolfenstein really does different from most uh, right
3: narrative uh, first person shooters. Um, also, the end in... credit sequence kind of automatically disqualifies it.
0: <laughs> um. Well, so, something in the in the presentation field that I think it it really does a good job at is the presentation of those cutscenes. I really I thought the camera work and like the shots that they they took uh, were good to me at least uh, as somebody who is not like a film buff or anything. I was like, you know, the like the camera shots are nice. I, I like this angle that they're doing here, and I feel like they do a good job at like cutting at good times and. Um, showing like two different shots in in the same screen or on the same screen at the same, like at the same time, I feel like they did a good job with that kind of stuff.
3: Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like games have done that before too. Yeah. And it's like really nothing new. Yeah.
0: Um. So yeah, we, we just take it off here. Just let's just, yeah. Do it. Um, oh boy. I'm going to get up here nice and close and um, I want to hear the, I want to hear the argument for um, Divinity 2. Again. Divinity
1: 2 or Divinity Original Sin 2? Those are different games.
0: Uh, somebody don't wrote just Divinity <laughs> 2, but Divinity Original Sin 2.
1: Um, ultimately, I don't think Divinity 2 hangs on this list um, okay. or Divinity Original Sin 2.
0: Um, I might have... Please, I hate you. Please I might have that. <laughs> I might have been the one who wrote down Divinity 2. That would make sense. Because
1: I would never make such a glaring error. Um,
0: Sorry. I mean,
1: what's cool about Divinity Original Sin 2 is like, um, it is kind of simultaneously this D&D set, um, but also this world that's very uh, inhabitable and uh, believable. Um, And I think it's hard to kind of pull that off. You think of other isometric games um, like Diablo or whatever, and like you're never completely invested in like those worlds because they're so very clearly like these cartoony uh, mechanisms for just killing a bunch of shit. Um, right. And at first glance, Divinity Two. Uh, I'm sorry, Divinity Original Sin Two. Just gonna correct this here okay. for <laughs> my own sanity. Um, origin Sin.
0: Yeah orange (laughs) and uh oh there we go okay
1: um yeah so i i do really enjoy uh a lot about divinity's presentation not just so much um how it kind of straddles the line between like essentially this toy chest of uh fantasy elements um and this believable world but i also enjoy things like uh its narration um like literally its presentation the uh the narrator in divinity is really good um Mm -hmm both at, like, taking a back seat, like, not, he is, unlike the Pyre uh, narrator, he is not kind of inhabiting the story, Um, but he's very much there, like, this watchful eye um, who also, like, peppers in, like, humor uh, every once in a while. Um, And that's everywhere. That's in the, sometimes in a a lot of the descriptions of items you pick up will have a very humorous uh, little corp in there. Um so you're like, what the hell does a rotten arm do? Why did I pick up a rotten arm? Yeah and then you like look at the uh, description and it'll just say like gross throw it away yeah and you're like, all right, okay and but it has a purpose, but the game is still just being like uh, coy with you on like what you can actually do with it well um,
0: also I, I think you're like I don't think you're selling it completely like the narrator especially um I think it's really good at adding detail in a style of game that you can't really have that level of detail sure um yeah like where he's describing the character uh, like in in the
2: example oh, of like a yeah. rotten
0: arm like he's describing the character's interaction with that arm and right. what it looks like and he's been he's being very um descriptive and um, uh, very uh detailed with how he talks about this stuff and no like
1: I, I, like, again, like a proper dungeon service. master yeah Like, a proper dungeon master, he is giving you, like, you know, the character model in the game is standing there just looking Mm -hmm. at you. But then, like, the narrator will be like, you approach a man who's giving you a wry smile. You see Mm -hmm. his hand fiddling with his pouch. Unsure of what he's about to pull out, you draw your weapon, but he gives you a knowing wink and pulls out two chocolates, offers you one. And then it's just like, and then it'll go into, like, a character or a player choice. Uh, scenario and you're like okay like that was a nice colorful little vignette of like something they didn't animate in the game Mm -hmm. Um, but done so well that you're not thinking like these characters are just standing here like no one is pulling out anything they did not animate all because obviously they cannot Um, there's just so much shit going on with all those characters Um, but yeah like um, it's a a world that's like really easy to get like uh, enraptured in kind of similar to like a civilization game Or again, like you're seeing such this tactical kind of view of the world, Mm -hmm. um, but the relationship between nations feels very real and organic. um, As you're just just by level of your investment, Um,
0: Um, I'm gonna say that I think you're I think you're just selling this game short. Honestly, like I think it has very good presentation. I think it's very good at at drawing you into the world,
1: and it's definitely best in its class. Like when I think of other RPGs like this. Mm-hmm. um just kind of with an isometric uh, isometric view and d d kind of uh uh rule set um i think this game does definitely the best of drawing you into its narrative um through just um the, the thing is like i i want to make sure we're not confounding this with best writing again right yeah. um so i don't want to just like lay all of this game's presentation on like a good narration um mm-hmm. I think it' it's still like there there it 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 communicates what it needs to the player to give you all the things you need for your imagination to kind of like fill in the blanks um and in that sense like it's pretty unmatched, yeah um it, it's not, i'm not it's on this list for a reason uh unlike wolfenstein apparently,
0: but like
1: <laughs> um I would just argue more for other games on this
0: list, yeah, okay. I expected more from you.
2: Yeah? Yeah.
0: Like I said, I, I felt like while I was playing that game, I was kind of enraptured with it and kind of felt like I was in that world more so than, like you said, games in that in that genre, but maybe even more so than Skyrim. Like, I didn't feel like I was just going into a game world. I felt like I was being drawn into an actual, like, living place. And that's um, a lot,
1: that has a lot to do with the mechanics, like... That's not so much presentation, but, like, the player's choices, yeah. your ability to affect so much of what's going on around you. Um, I think that's mm-hmm. what where the strength of Divinity Original Sin is, is, like, your ability to approach a crowd of people, and it's like, I can do 40 things to this crowd of people that will all yeah. have different narrative re- uh, implications, um, and I think that's what makes it, like, it's, a, it's this clockwork world um, that, again, like I mentioned in our last uh, recording, like, um, will continue going regardless of what you do um, and in that sense like it's very believable. The game is not constantly giving you fail states um, other than the many many times it's going to kill your entire party um, but again those are writing things or uh, the, it, the, I would say that's more of a writing thing even a gameplay thing less than a presentation thing although all these things like presentation again is this kind of a broad category Where a lot of that stuff uh, kind of blends together. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not dismissing his presentation. I just think that of the choices on here, it's not top two.
0: All right. Um, Yeah. I'll refrain from making this a longer (laughs) recording than it needs to be.
1: (laughs) I think there are easy ones to take off here.
0: Okay. Um, I think there's
1: an easy one to take off here. Go ahead. Uh, I don't. Know. What What is our argument for
3: Mario Odyssey? Um. Man. The more I think about it, it's harder to see if it stands up to things like the others.
0: Uh, I think that game makes a. I think the game makes a pretty good first impression. Um, mm-hmm. I think that, like, it has. Like I said, it has all that Nintendo polish. Um, I think that the the story starts out maybe seeming different than just uh, your average Mario story. I don't think it it maybe doesn't end in in the same way, or like it's maybe not as unique as it first appears. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think we can take it off. Um, yeah,
1: it just seems kind of like.
0: It feels like we're throwing it on here because we think it deserves to be on here but not necessarily because we feel like it needs to be here.
3: I feel like all the great presentation that game is packed into the New Donk City segments.
2: And uh, the rest
3: is pretty above average but still very Mario-esque Mario. I mean it's yeah. very
1: it's very boilerplate like the strength of Mario Odyssey is just kind of its platforming um and there are moments where it has some great presentation like when you are uh running down the hall and there's like a band playing um like daisy's band playing like that stuff is really good um wow. i like some of the stuff like the way that uh, areas will transition um mm-hmm. you know when mario's going to a new place and it shows him like looking over the world um even though it's the same animation regardless of what you do yeah. um i think there's a lot to be said i think like presentation wise though like it's kind of the- messy It's not just that. It's just like the game is not really about uh, trying to take away anything from the player. Like the game pretty much allows you to jump in and just start playing it. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not doing that much in the way of like, especially once you've like entered a world. Like, you know, it'll show you a, a brief overview of the world and it's like, all right, go. Like, it's not necessarily doing anything, any kind of tricks to get you invested in why you want to explore where you are.
3: It's basically a video game that knows it's a video game and doesn't try to be anything more than that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like it's, and there are little touches in between. There are things that are really cool. Like the way the game will transition between 2d and 3d. Right. um, And how some of that stuff will sometimes work into the like mission critical areas that are optional. I
0: think about (laughs) the more that I think about why I had a good time with Super Mario Odyssey, the like, the harder it is for me to find an answer and like the longer that i stay away from it the harder it is for me to be like oh yeah super mario odyssey this was awesome and like why because it, uh, cause cause it, it plays really was. well yeah. yeah it's a really good platformer is why yeah, yeah. like all right yeah let's just take it off let's do it cool so uh, listener we have the legend of zelda breath of the Oh okay. I you forget? No. Um. I just like midway through talking. Just this. My body was like, you need to swallow. Okay. okay. Um. <laughs> the Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Take Wild, Persona Five, Cuphead, What Remains of Edith Finch, and Dujana.
1: All right. Um. I guess I can shoot some of my babies again.
0: Um. Hey, I've played four of these five. Um. You've played four of these five. Yeah.
1: Um, how I've far did Persona did you get?
0: Um, so in Persona 5, I entered into the first palace, and I um, I got mm-hmm. Panther or whatever her name is, and mm-hmm. Kamoshida seems like a real jerk, and mm-hmm. I can't wait to f- kill him and finish the game.
1: Yeah. No, it's, it's you're almost there. Yeah. Yeah. You're right after the tutorial dungeon, you get into the last boss. Yeah. Um very strange um we can talk about persona five or I can talk about
0: dujana so let's talk about persona five um as far as presentation um I think persona five is a no brainer
1: for this list I think persona five is all presentation <laughs> I think persona five is all style what how is that not presentation how is like your even your interactions with like your inventory screen being like this stylish swath that like has its own kind of like musical cues. Um, how is like the the music not like having again its own cues to like what you're doing in battles and the transitions between areas literally having like their own unique animations um, and like all, all that stuff is presentation. Like mm-hmm. Persona Five it got was sold on its presentation.
0: I think that game is a lot of menus, and I don't think it feels very good to navigate through those menus.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um. I mean, yeah, it like I'm not gonna argue against its style. I think it has a ton of style, but I. The only reason we call this best presentation is because we thought best
1: style was jipping a giant bomb.
0: Yeah, maybe this is very much <laughs> a
1: style category. It yeah. also says best cohesive style in parentheses next to best presentation. Like, I know that you want Edith Finch to win every category,
2: but but Persona 5 is so much stronger in its
0: presentation. You can't sell me out like that, man. Like, like, I
1: get your games. (laughs) Persona 5, like, takes this and Cuphead. uh, I mean, if you want to argue for Cuphead taking it, but I, I feel like... There are some incongruous things about Cuphead's presentation, but there are incongruous things about Persona 5's presentation. Uh, but I think both of those games are sold on their presentation. In a way that Dujana's kind of uh, lack of presentation is, in a way, its own presentation. And uh, The Legend of Zelda, I don't understand why it's on this list. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, Um. well... Thanks for just going by and like drive buying all these games. That was cool of you. <laughs> well, I mean, feel free to jump in front of the bullet. Um
1: or tell me why you think Persona 5 does not have good presentation. Like that whole game is like there isn't a thing you can do in that game that isn't like uh married to like really stylish all... uh transitions in like uh, whether it's character portraits or the way the, uh, speech bubbles or text bubbles will, like, pop up. And then the way that, like, I mean, did you even, like, you haven't even gotten to a part in the game where you can do, like, an all-out attack with, uh, four people? Yeah, I have. You don't have, you don't have four characters in your party? Yeah, I do. Who? Oh, you I got have... Panther, I guess, so you can yeah. play as Morgana. Yeah. Okay. But you don't have, like... You don't have Yosuke yet. Okay, <laughs> you haven't seen his all-out attack. Um, I, if 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 four characters like doing this sweet Buster Keaton Looney Tunes like uh, fighting thing, and then ending it with like the character sitting there sipping a cup of tea as the characters behind them explode into like a pool of blood, and like if that stuff isn't like a style, like to you, I like I don't understand what style means to you, like. Do I need to show do I need to put like links to YouTube in this
2: No
0: Okay, so I will concede. I will concede. Here. Let's do this. We're gonna I yeah, again, I don't know why that's on here. I might have just put it on there just <laughs> so there was something. Um Okay, we'll do this. I mean uh, it's like le- other things. Like
1: when you finish a battle and the the way the the uh the experience and the items that you get and the gold that you get all kind of wrap into like a uh, joker running through those menus um, or the way that like it'll be different if you're in your car once Morgana has the ability to turn into a car um, mm-hmm. like and just seeing like your characters kind of like pal around with each other after a battle um, and it being context sensitive to which character finished the or finished the uh, enemy mm-hmm. um, a- everything about that game is just like dripping with style.
0: And, like, that's presentation. (laughs) Like, that's... um... I just... uh, I honestly just think that this comes down to... I hate... I I don't like how we worded the the category.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Again, like, we changed it from Best Style so we would have more games accepted, but then it just... Again, it's just kind of devolving back into Best Style. Well, what about the presentation...
1: What is missing? What is the thing that Edith Finch seems to have that Persona 5 is missing?
0: Um, for, it, it, feels, it seems like for
1: you, it's like a seamless transition between I, I Edith's think just, perspective and the stories that you inhabit.
0: I just think it feels a lot better to play Edith Finch than it does to play Persona 5. I, I feel like your interaction with the game is a lot better, just in, in almost every sense, personally. But they're like completely different games. Okay. Like, Dujana is,
1: like, a game where you walk around and talk to NPCs, and The Legend of Zelda is a third-person character action game, and Wolfenstein is an FPS, like, and Cuphead is a really difficult 2D game. Like, what do you mean by it feels better to play? It like,
0: feels, like, I feel like... Edith Finch like... is
1: walking up to to prompts and pressing A. Okay, like...
0: but it does that well, whereas, like, walking around a, a palace... <laughs> That's what Hellblade and is, too. F- Walking around the <laughs> um. a palace in Persona 5 just feels like a mess. Like, it feels bad. Mm-hmm. Like, moving around in that world just does not feel good. Like, uh, I, I, I don't know. I just feel like it didn't... I feel like the presentation is in, in those cutscenes. And like you're saying, like, the stuff that you're not controlling is the presentation in that game. Yeah.
1: But even the stuff you are controlling, like, again, like, that game does everything from, like, selecting which moves you want to do. It could have very easily been a menu on the side of your characters and you can choose shoot or shoot, uh, um, item or whatever you want to choose. But instead, like, it's presented, like, coming out of the player, like it's a comic book panel. And so, like, all, everything in that game, like, everything you interact with is, like, is uh, depicted really, like, really stylishly. Um, There are so many places in Persona where, like, they could have really... Uh, phoned in, what it looks like, um, and they went like above and beyond with the style. Like that is the the core strength of that game. It, it and it doesn't it feel that is. bad. It, it definitely <laughs> it, is. It doesn't feel that bad. The, the The corridors are like right angles. Like it's not like they're that difficult to navigate through.
0: Yeah. Um, okay. So Cuphead wins. <laughs> um. <laughs> can we say that? If we can say that, if I can say that Cuphead wins, I. I am completely cool with it. I will take Cuphead over Edith Finch any day. So, that's where I stand.
1: I have one problem with Cuphead, which is like, it's, the seams are clear that that game wasn't intended originally to be a, uh, something that wasn't a boss rush. Mm -hmm. So, like, the overworld stuff, uh, just kind of, like, takes away. Um, and even the, uh, the run and gun levels that aren't bosses. Mm -hmm. Um... Kind of feel like
0: slapped together.
1: Um, not, sla- not 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 slapped together. <laughs> they just feel uh, less inspired than the boss stuff.
3: I mean, the, given that they kind of made those in the last minute, uh, it's kind of amazing how well yeah. how cohesive those levels are, though. For uh, sure. No, like they're not yeah.
1: bad or not fun. Um, yeah. It just feels like the presentation uh, would have been cooler if they somehow like tied the entire game together as one long boss a boss rush. Oh, sure. And somehow found a way to animate all that, which I think was their original intent. But then turning it into basically like this Super Mario World thing of like, oh, just go anywhere on the map um, and choose levels. Like, maybe that's better. Um, So players don't just beat their head against one boss that they can't finish. Mm -hmm. Um, Although, essentially, you do have to finish every boss, which I found really surprising. Like, why give players the option to choose bosses in whatever order if they have to beat all of them? Um, like that's why I think originally the boss rush uh, would have been a better fit for that game Um, that's my only real gripe against the game's presentation otherwise like yeah Cuphead has a fantastic presentation Um, and I
0: think it I think by getting more complex throughout the game it builds on that presentation Um, and I I don't know that like if I don't know that, that lady's on a on a bike that has a head Mm-hmm. her persona is a is a motorcycle with a head um
1: i will say this there are some cool things that cuphead does with its uh music to complement uh some of its bosses yeah that i think that like is pretty neat um
0: it also has the athletic
1: theme from mario world yeah it does have that theme from uh, mario <laughs> world um and what else like the, the storybook stuff in Cuphead is cool like I don't th- I think they could have gone a little bit further with it I think they could have animated those scenes um like oh
0: Cuphead and his pal mug man come on no, That's not that stuff
1: I meant the when you know when you're talking to Elder Kettle or whatever mm-hmm. um but yeah like if, if we're talking Persona 5 and Cuphead like I am fine with either of those winning hmm um, yeah like personally I would pick Persona 5 just because I think that is like that game is literally all of it is it's presentation like everything you do in that game is like even things like here's stuff that I really like about Persona 5 like it is a game where you play every day of the year um, that can get fucking grueling um, it is a game that ultimately took me 140 hours to finish Um, And I'm someone who's familiar with this series. Like, I imagine it would take longer. um, Unless I was really getting too into the weeds with the demon fusion. Mm -hmm. Um, But, like, when things, like, when you have to take your finals and your characters are, like, really invested in just finishing, like, their homework and doing their finals, like, it doesn't make you live, like, each day that you're doing your finals because that would just be a slog. So what it does instead is that, like, it plays this rad little jazzy tune and then it has your character, like, doing homework uh and then just answering like the occasional one question and then once you do that your character will just do like a little fist bump if he gets it right and then there'll be a little cue and then it'll hop over to the next day where you're back in class doing your finals again um and it turns it into like basically the sequence so the way the game kind of uh segments uh different things that you're doing throughout the year um so that it's not just a daily slog Mm -hmm. um is really smart um and there's just like a lot of little touches like that, where the game will like play with time, um, and kind of turn it into this little montage, um, in a way that like respects the player's time, um, and then it'll do things like surprising things. Like at the end of every dungeon, um, it'll be vastly different. Like the, your you're basically when you get to the end of a dungeon, you have to do what's called like a like a break in or a infiltration or whatever, which is mm-hmm. basically you getting to the final boss um and that sequence will always be unique from what the rest of the dungeon was to kind of give it like an ocean's 11 heist kind of feel um and that stuff like is done way more artistically and kind of uh it has more of a just like showmanship let's let's show these people do flips and shit um kind of uh quality to it that's Mm -hmm. really cool like it's not just like all right walk up to the boss's door and fight him um so like it's things like that that kind of like uh allow that game to like cont- even after 140 hours still have a good pacing. Um albeit the game has uh weaknesses in some of its pacing in other places. Um but as far as like even using gameplay elements uh in its presentation or using its presentation to enhance the gameplay elements which I think is what i'm trying to get to what presentation means mm-hmm. um i think persona 5 like uh does it better than i would say cuphead would
0: okay so cuphead looks like a 1930s cartoon okay um it's hand drawn
1: yeah that's uh, that's not a presentation and this is kind it's got of some presentation it's it's got of,
0: a, a, yeah. uh, well uh, the presentation
1: thing is like using the filter to make it look yeah. like you exactly like a, otherwise that is a looking category.
0: It's got some real good like American Bandstand kind of stuff going on uh, mm-hmm. in the music. Um, your character snaps whenever he shoots. He snaps his fingers and he shoots out a. Oh yeah,
2: whatever. cuphead.
0: Cuphead's real neat. He's a he's a walking cup. Okay. Um, His pal, Mugman. You need to get to the point of what you're trying to say. Because
1: I can say, like, Morgana's a talking cat that turns into a bus. Mr. Shifty is a hat. Yeah, like, Mario can turn into a slab of beef. Like, what is is the point you're trying to get here? It
0: successfully captures a time... A time
1: you weren't alive in. (laughs) I can think fondly to those times I watched Looney Tunes once. Like, I, I, I...
3: are you no, I know what you're it, trying to say and I do agree it's cohesive in a way that I whatever like a who wins
0: whatever whatever I'm done <laughs> I'm, I'm done
2: trying to defend you thing. here
0: <laughs> no it's cool <laughs> uh, yeah
1: I mean if we're talking cohesive style um, I'm casting my lot I would say they're both a cohesive style like I mean, Cuphead, yeah, Cuphead is definitely emulating really well uh, a is definitely concept. anime. and Persona's yeah. anime <laughs> the best style Uh uh, I uh, Zach, would you would
0: you mope bless if Cuphead took it? Is that what this is? No. I
1: want
3: a breath. This is a
0: fair this is a fair battleground between these two. Um but I'm casting my lot towards Cuphead.
1: Um Cuphead can win this. That's fine. Yeah I'm with the Stop it. I don't I don't like
0: that.
2: (laughs) I don't I don't like that. But at this point
1: if you're casting your lot and that's Rob's choice, then like Unless I have some fantastic, like, Hail Mary argument for Persona 5. But, like, it's hard to uh, put into words why. I mean, you shouldn't even right, put into words. And Just look at um,
0: it. All right, ladies and gentlemen. All right, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to remind everybody that these are the two best uh, presented games of this year. I mean, did you
1: see, <laughs> that did you see Persona 5's opening scene with your characters dancing through the streets of Tokyo?
0: Yeah, I watch it every time I boot up the game. Yeah. You don't think that's okay. they don't think that's stylish? Uh, dancing or sliding. They're doing both. Yeah. Okay. You know like but Morgana there's like smooth jazz in there. It's pretty Yeah, cool. really good acid jazz
1: is playing.
3: Yeah, but every time you boot up Cuphead, you got Cuphead and Mugman with their hands on their hips bouncing up back and forth. I mean,
1: oh, it's pretty Cuphead stylish. Is <laughs> no, it's a good Mugman. it's a good opening screen. Yeah. Man, I oh. it's just like I I think my thing is Persona 5 constantly surprised me with like I'm like oh they even made a little thing there like even mm-hmm. that even like this little 4 second loading screen they made sure to add a little uh, animated transition here so it feels kind of it feels kind of like this like Saturday morning caper that you're watching um which is really cool like there's a comic element to it that's uh really satisfying
0: Actually, yeah. you know what? I don't care what wins. Uh I have something to say, but I'm going to let I'm going to let Dave choose. Choose what? I'm going to let you choose cuz you have the strongest argument for both. I have the strongest for both. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah.
1: This feels Cuz uh, I don't unorthodox. care what wins
0: right now, but I I want to hear what I want to hear what you think cuz you haven't I don't think you've actually said what you think should win. I think uh, you just I, said... I, I
1: have. Okay. I said I think Persona should win this. Okay, cool. Persona is guys...
0: the f- the only game that I've ever had a text message I am thing installed on my phone, so it could look like in the game.
1: Sure, I mean, yeah, Persona t- Five is the only PlayStation theme that I've ever downloaded.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah. All right, all right. I'm I'm cool with that. Remembering, yeah. Alright, so, Rob, what do you think?
3: (laughs) I mean, if we're going by PlayStation themes, then Friday the 13th should win this, because that's what I haven't sold. Late (laughs) edition, Open it up.
0: (laughs) Open it up. Alright, are we going with Persona 5, then?
1: I'm fine with it, unless... I mean, that's my pick, but it sounds like neither of you want that to win, which seems like this weird...
3: I mean, if we just went by a pure numbers game, then whoever... Had two votes would win every time. You have a more compelling argument than we do. So if you think it should win, then. If we're, yes, if we're going back to compelling arguments. It's yeah. very compelling.
0: Thank you. You're a very compelling guy. You know, <laughs> you know that? Stop. Ah, look it. at we'll that smile. Us. You're so <laughs> oh. funny. Oh, put them. Pretty. Oh, our, confid- right. our confidant ranking went up. <laughs> yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> um, so the winner of best presentation is Persona 5 with runner up. Cuphead. Um, yeah, this was a uh, that was uh, longer than expected. Um,
3: That's
0: fine. Do you guys want to take a break or do you want to go into the next one? It's completely up to you guys.
3: I'm fine. Uh, my time's getting a little short.
0: Okay, uh, let's just take a break and we'll we'll figure this stuff out in a, in a place where listeners don't have to hear it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about biggest disappointment. Let's just jump right in. All right. Who needs an introduction? Let's just let's talk about Dick, uh, and and here to talk big about
1: biggest disappointment. It's Zach's yeah. dad.
0: Hi, <laughs> oh, Dad. Come here. Tell His us all dad. about Zach. I, I hate him. I hate him. <laughs> <laughs> He's boy. I hate my boy. He talks into this mic, and I hate him. <laughs> he should be working the fields like I did. <laughs> Dad, aren't you proud of me? Not up here no. talking about queer shit. Queer <laughs> shit. <laughs> Retarded. That's how Oklahomans talk. Yeah. There's a lot more y'all, though. There's, there's a lot more y'all. And uh, Y'all should have picked Dijana for your best I reckon, presentation. <laughs> I reckon this whiskey's good. Bud Light. Anyway. On that note. <laughs> anyway, here we go. <laughs> All right uh that's what i say it's getting late indeed it's blah okay so actually let's talk about biggest disappointment uh for oh my gosh why is this so hard to say i keep wanting to say diggit's disappointment
1: that's better okay
0: (laughs) (laughs) diggit's disappointment all right um all right we're actually gonna start this so biggest disappointment for biggest disappointment we have nominated these amazingly terribly uh terrible bad games. Does that work? Yeah. Uh ukulele, Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, Sonic Mania, Persona 5, Mass Effect Andromeda, Strafe, Fire Emblem Heroes, Outlast 2, and Animal Crossing Pocket Camp. Some of these are harder to say than others. Sure. Yep let's take Um,
1: sonic off this list come on because no one thought it was gonna be good
0: (laughs) Uh, some people still think it's good after playing it some
1: people are on drugs a
0: damn crime Uh, that okay i'm
1: speaking for myself but i don't trust sonic games when someone's like oh we made it good this time like no you didn't (laughs) you can't so (laughs) it's an impossible task
0: Yeah, this is my first big dive into a Sonic game, and I started up, and I'm like, yeah, this is Sonic. This has got style. There's something going on here. Wait, where was this in Best Presentation? Best Looking? Uh, Or Best Looking. Yeah, there's some rad stuff in there. Um, But it's a facade, y'all. I reckon that Sonic Mania is a bad game. I reckon that Sonic is not a fun series to play. Any of them don't. Uh, subject yourself to sonic mania with that said i don't think i was expecting this to blow my pants off
1: no i was i was uh expecting to be uh disgusted with what i played yeah and my expectations were
0: to be disappointed (laughs) all right so we'll cut that um
1: yeah you you got you gotta think it's gonna be good for it to be disappointing exactly
0: all right um I know I'm not going to get a lot of uh, backing here, but Strafe was pretty disappointing to me. I'm with you. Okay. Um, I'm not sure what Strafe is. Okay. Strafe is a first-person shooter roguelike thing from... uh, I acted like I knew who it was developed by, but I don't. Um, I don't remember. It's got a really... It's on Steam, right? Yeah, it's got a real cool style. Uh, Um...
1: Pixel Titans.
0: Yes, Pixel Titans. So, it moves around pretty good, and, like, the shooting's all right, but it's just bland. It is so bland. Like, n- even though the style is, like, really cool, it's got this really uh, kind of lo-fi, um, like, lo-fi technology in the game and stuff, and it's kind of, like, lo-fi in, in, the, in the sense of enemies and stuff, and your weaponry, but... And even what you're doing, like, you're collecting scrap on these... Um, on like this abandoned space station and you're trying to do something i'm sure but it is unfortunately not fun enough to keep going um i played like 20 minutes of it and was like okay this i see this going nowhere and uh turns out i was right like everybody kind of agrees that strafe it looks cool it puts on a good show but there's nothing there
3: I nearly finished Strafe until I hit a game-breaking bug, if that tells you anything. Oh, really? Yeah.
0: (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, Yeah. Um, Yeah, so, like, what do you
3: think about it? I think, and like you said, it's really cool. It has this FMV uh, thing in the tutorial that I absolutely fell in love with. Oh, yeah,
0: that's pretty good. And the
3: whole 1997 Lost Game idea is really good. But, yeah, it's so bland. You have, like... Well, every section of the game has a different, like, allotment of enemies and all this, but they're all mm-hmm. basically the same thing. And it just, it feels like a horde mode for a much better game, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. 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 Um, I don't know, it was pretty disappointing to me. I was pretty pumped for it, and,
3: uh... Why were you pumped for it? It's not as
0: egregious as I, I think some of these are.
3: Yeah, no, it's not a bad game, by any means. It's just, eh. Yeah. Why were you pumped for a game that
1: seems to be a debut uh for this developer and ultimately just looks like a quake wannabe?
0: Cuz that's it that seemed like fun. I, okay, maybe pumped is 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 overstating
3: it. Yeah, but... my favorite thing in the world is late 90s and mid 90s shooters, so it's kind of the marketing for me to be honest. Yeah.
1: yeah. Speaking of 90s shooters, I played uh Jedi Outcast uh yesterday. Oh, that's Mm a good game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It is a good game, but it's it's hard to control. And I I forgot how hard it is to control the game. I forgot that that game did not originally have a mouse uh, layout. Yeah. It was one of those look up with page up, look down with page down kind of games. Oh, gosh. Um, So I was playing. I was like, I forgot this doesn't feel good to play. But once you get the force powers, it's pretty neat. That's a divergence. Yeah.
0: All right, so where we want to go from here?
1: Did any of us play Mass Effect Andromeda? No. No. Okay. Interesting. <laughs>
3: um, I mean, the world was disappointed with it. Yeah, um, I loved I the original Mass Effect trilogy, so that's kind of why for me. Yeah, <laughs> you,
0: the the quakes and tremors hit you, and you were just like, "Ugh, <laughs> disappointment."
1: Yeah, like, I agree that if. if we had played it this would probably make this list um but i think just going off uh public reception probably disqualifies it Mm -hmm. yeah that's Uh, true i mean it is disappointing that it was so middling yeah um i mean can we add companies to here can we have ea (laughs) be Uh. our winner for biggest disappointment
3: And we knew EA would fuck up. Yeah. We we
1: knew they would fuck up, but man, they fucked up this year. They. In a spectacular fashion. Yeah. They fucked up everything.
0: They fucked it up in a way that maybe was not expected. They fucked it up for
1: other people. They fucked it up so hard. We got splash damage. Like (laughs) other parts of the industry are hurting from how bad EA fucked up. It's
0: not just their products. you know, I'm not completely against. Like, there is—is is there? No, there's no EA game on here. We could just say all of EA. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um,
0: I played EA this this year.
1: I didn't. I usually kind of stay mm-hmm. away from their stuff.
2: Like well, I, played I don't it actually.
1: EA, now that I think about I it. I played The Sims, so never mind. Oh yeah.
3: Um.
0: All right. Um. Outlast Two, Rob. This is you.
3: Uh, oh right, right. Uh, Outlast Two, man. <laughs> I have never bounced off a game so hard. Uh I was really excited, even though I didn't really care for the first Outlast, I loved its style. And mm-hmm. Outlast 2 carried that tradition long. has really good style, but the gameplay is just ugh. Some of the worst stealth I've seen all year. Yeah. I've seen ever, actually. <laughs> and
0: So is does it Um I don't know. Does it do horror well though? Like does it still Is it still scary?
3: I didn't think the first one was scary, to be honest. And the second one also, yeah. It felt like a knockoff of Resident Evil 7 in a lot of ways. Which is entirely fair, because it was in development at the same time. But it was Mm -hmm. that same kind of down-home southern cult feeling. yeah.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I I guess the first one, I kind of got just desensitized from it pretty Mm. quick. Um, I think by the time I... like Maybe just after the Doctor in the first one was about the time that I was like, okay, like, I'm not really scared of any of this. Like, right. I just run. Like, whatever.
3: It's yeah, not the like a, first game, okay. I mean, if you hit the shift button, you're basically invincible. And so yeah. it's like, yeah. Um, um, but I think we can cut it just because my expectations weren't that high.
0: Okay. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. All right. So, cutting that. All right let's talk listener, uh yes oh, okay please i was just gonna say listener we have ukulele marvel vs. capcom infinite persona 5 fire emblem heroes and animal crossing pocket camp
1: uh who played ukulele
3: i tried to play ukulele <laughs> how I did remember, that go uh not well <laughs> How much did you play? I didn't play much to be fair, but okay. from what I understand it's basically more of that.
0: <laughs> okay. So yeah. what was so disappointing about it?
3: It's it felt just so wrong. It Heck. had all the trappings of a good rare game, but none of the gameplay. Okay. It just felt so... poorly designed.
0: All right. Yeah. Um yeah. Was it, like, poorly designed in, like, mechanics or, like, what you were doing or what? Like, the
3: platforming never felt good. There's, it, it it felt like it was stuck in 1998 and not okay. in a good way. All the worst parts of a 1998 3D platformer were in full effect. Um, Like, I always think of the ice level in that game. Mm-hmm. It's that slippy, slidey, hey, you gotta fight the controls to get past these ridiculously convoluted sections and yeah just yeah nothing about it felt good and okay. hype was so high for that game that I yeah. Feel like, yeah um
0: and, and that's what i was gonna say like the hype for ukulele i feel like was it was up there um for me personally no and like i kind of had decided that i wasn't going to touch that game uh from probably the get-go i was just like mm, if it does well and if it if it reviews well and everything, and if people are saying good things, I might go to it. But I just wasn't drawn to it um, like some people were. Right. And I don't know about you, but yeah, that's just how I felt about yeah. it. I, I wasn't that hot on it to begin
3: with. What about you, Dave? Uh,
1: I've definitely played my share of like rare platformers. Mm. Um, And as I've grown older, I kind of can't return to any of them. Yeah. Like um like I recently played, not recently, but like in the last 2 years or so, played Donkey Kong 64. Um and it is so miserable. Yeah. And like it, it's so bad. <laughs> it is comically bad how bad that is. Like the Banjo-Kazooie games I've ever been into, I just don't really like collecting a bunch of shit. Mm. But at least they they play fine. Uh I never played Nuts and Bolts. Ah. Oh. Um Okay. Go on. But uh like I have fond memories of N sixty four platformers, just not the rare ones. Like I really I think I've talked about it. I really liked uh Rayman 2. Mm -hmm. Uh The Great Escape, I think was really good. Um even some of like the more esoteric ones. Like I liked Glover.
3: Yeah, Glover was cool.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I liked uh I I liked uh space station Silicon Valley. Um I liked Rocket Robot on Wheels. (laughs) Um even, like, the ones that, like, as you went into the uh, the GameCube PS2 era, like, um, iNinja, I thought was really good, um, or Vex, like, there were still platformers being made then that were pretty solid, but, like, I never had, I, I mean, again, I played a lot of those Rare games as a kid, but, like, I never developed that nostalgia they seem to have. Mm-hmm. So this mm-hmm. idea that people were, like, pining for a new one, I was like, why? Like... Didn't we all agree as an industry that, like, these kind of platformers were just kind of, like, time wasters and, like, uh, it was not actually that fun to collect 100 jiggies um, yeah. under the the lake or whatever, like, I don't know.
0: <laughs> hey, 999 you... moons.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. You think of... But, like, yeah, exactly. That's that's the question. It's, like, how do you make those kind of platformers interesting?
0: Um, I think it's making... I think it's kind of just um, a little bit of, like, smoke and mirrors, honestly, <laughs> with making a 3D platformer now. I, I feel like you can't just uh, rely on the platforming anymore. Uh, although, I mean, Super Mario Odyssey does very awesome platforming. Like, you can move around in a bunch of different ways. But I feel like maybe the wrapping of, of Mario does a lot for that, whereas Yuka and Laylee, maybe not so much. Right. I
1: think yeah. I think the thing about Mario is that like at its core, it is this very good parkour simulator, um, <laughs> and sure. just for out of like the interest of doing something fun, out of the interest of like trying to make it through these courses, um, that is the thing that the player is kind of incentivized to do. And along the way, you're finding moons, whether it is a blatant one in the distance or these secret ones along the way. Yeah, um, I think that's what keeps it. Uh, keeps you going, whereas when I think of rare platformers, I just think of levels that are covered in six different kind of collectibles, and you just like have to collect three at a time for 30 minutes um, until you get like 50 or whatever the arbitrary number it is. Um, yeah. I think that stuff is boring. I think trying to get collectibles for the sake of getting collectibles is where it's dull. Like, um, So yeah, I, I really was not interested in picking up ukulele. They can't all be Conker's Bat a Day, to be fair. No, they can't.
0: (laughs) Wasn't there a new... uh, What's that guy's name? Bubsy? Wasn't there a new Bubsy?
1: Unfortunately, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, how dare you soil this cast with Taco Bubsy.
0: (laughs) I'm sorry. Okay, so for me personally, um, the only one that I think was most disappointing out of these uh, was Animal Crossing. Okay. Go Um, go for it. And still... Okay, I'll go for it. Um it was only disappointing because I was kind of I didn't have high hopes for it to begin with. Um mm. as you might remember from me talking about it on the podcast, it was just kind of like, uh I hope they do something here and I hope it's not just crap and I wasn't very I wasn't very hopeful for it uh for like a long time. And then I started it and kind of thought, okay, well maybe they're maybe they're doing right by this. Um so I played it and as I kept going, um, I soon discovered that they aren't doing right by, by animal crossing standards. And they are kind of just I, like, they're kind of just being lazy in a way. And well, not lazy. I feel bad. I, I shouldn't call game developers lazy. Um, but I don't, it just didn't feel like an animal crossing game. And it was, it was more disappointing, uh, after starting it than it was like my expectations going in were high, you know? Like Right. I had hopes as I as I began the game. That's fair. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um Yeah.
1: Okay. No, I mean I really didn't have hopes for it. Yeah. <laughs> um Yeah, started it, went, This is fine I guess and yeah, now I've kind of stopped playing it.
0: Um, Actually, <laughs> can I go back for a second? Yes. Can I just say f Nintendo real what? quick? Oh okay. damn! Because it's disappointing because they screwed over Animal Crossing.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's not like I feel like this is maybe like to me this is maybe bigger than just Animal Crossing Pocket Camp, <laughs> but it's it's disappointing because it's kind of a it's a wrong step for Animal Crossing and it's a disappointment for like. Some people this is maybe the, their first Animal Crossing game and they're really getting screwed over by playing a subpar Animal Crossing game. Um and I that that sucks. Like it's the same thing that happened to Metroid almost. <laughs> yeah. Um Yeah, so yeah, that's what I'll say.
1: That's fair. Um I, it. I I feel like these Animal Crossing or these mobile games that Nintendo are making are cynically made. Kind of made to just get people talking about it before they announce the real one on the switch. Oh, really? Yeah. Name
0: another one.
1: Name another one? Yeah. Matomo. Can't you <laughs> wait? Can't wait for Matomo on the switch? That's
0: not <laughs> the one that I was talking
1: about. Oh, okay. Uh, do you mean Fire Emblem Heroes?
0: Yeah. Th- th- sure. What's wrong with that one?
1: Um, this is where I was still kind of optimistic about Nintendo's mobile strategy, okay. saying like, okay, Mario Run wasn't what I wanted it to be, but, like, how do you even make a Mario platformer on mobile? So thinking, like, the concessions made in that game were just for the sake of the hardware. Whereas Fire Emblem, you can absolutely make a good one on a mobile uh, on a mobile platform. Mm-hmm. Um, and they didn't. They made a Gachapon game with Fire Emblem characters. And so what I thought was just, like, tutorial levels, when it was just like, oh, here's a board, and here's a your characters and they can do this. And here's the rock, paper, scissors system of battling. And then I went, okay, well, I hope this maps aren't all six by eight or her- however, big they are in the game. Yeah. Um, but that was the case with all the maps. All the maps are these tiny little skirmishes, um, where you have so little room to really experiment with your makeup of your team, um, or how you want to use the battlefield. Um, and it really just uh, demands that the player is constantly doing these boring ass skirmishes to like level up and get more gachapon money so they can get hopefully like a tier five fire emblem character. Just the way it was treated, just the idea that like you can't really make your own team. You have to put your money into a slot and see what pops out. And more often mm-hmm. than not, you're going to get characters you already have with like a right. small, with a lower ranking, and then you have to like combine them and maybe you'll get like a level two like a two star uh mia plus one or something like it's just i played that game way longer than i should have um thinking like oh it has to get better um they'll add new features or events or whatever and it never did um it's just bad like yeah um and it's again like fire emblem is a kind it's still kind of a niche uh uh, franchise like yeah. i are not expecting people looking through their like the Apple or the Google Play Store to see Fire Emblem and go I've heard of Fire Emblem Right. like the same way they would with Animal Crossing um, so it was weird that they like still tried to make it this free to play kind of nonsense mm-hmm. um, when it could have very I... well just been either a port of an existing game Yeah. Um, Or it could have just been a new Fire Emblem just on mobile. Um, But making it like this free-to-play gachapon machine was a real bummer.
0: So I think Fire Emblem stays here instead of uh, Pocket Camp just because, like you said, it was very early on. It was earlier on in their mobile strategy than um, Animal Crossing. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there were some expectations there that weren't already uh kind of soured like afterwards and also like you said it's a niche audience i i feel like screwing over this smaller niche audience is way worse than uh the animal uh, like like screwing over your core audience is way worse than like somebody playing the playing animal crossing and being like oh yeah this is all right Mm -hmm. um because it's like it's not even like you're making that game for the people who play that game anymore um and you're kind of just forgetting them and going well we want to reach a broader audience and like that's not really possible by making a crappy game that the people who like those games wouldn't recommend to anybody right um so i i mean i would take fire emblem over animal crossing
1: i mean i would too yeah like yeah. by by the time animal crossing came out i was hesitant and then I was like, this is cute, but this is an Animal Crossing. Yeah. Um, I mean,
0: definitely hearing people say, like people that made Australian accounts and were saying, It's actually better than I thought. I was like, Oh, wait. Right. Hang on.
1: Yeah, and like then... those day one impressions. Yeah. Um Also just like we know already that there's the the Animal Crossing proper team is making a game for the Switch. Yeah. Like they've announced that. Whereas like we don't have another mainline Fire Emblem game. On the horizon they keep making spin offs and shit. Yeah. Um, but like, I want a proper full Fire Emblem experience on the Switch. Um, mm-hmm. and I think maybe we've heard a hint of that, but nothing official. Um, yeah. so that it's just a bummer,
0: yeah. All right. Um, so I'm gonna take off Animal Crossing. So, did any who played Marvel versus Capcom Infinite? I did okay, it's bad is it
1: um <laughs> yeah it's like it's capcom did it again last year they fucking launched a really weak street fighter and mm-hmm. this year they launched a really weak capcom uh marvel versus capcom game like even more egregious like the street fighter 5's problem was that it was so dearth of features that mm-hmm. it was like laughable Like, you start that game, they're like, I don't know, here's eight characters, and uh, fucking, there's no story mode yet, and uh, the store will open eventually, and it's just like, why did you launch this game at all? It's, like, not done. Um, But at least the combat in Street Fighter V felt good, and, Uh like, it looked nice, and um, there were things about it that are like, the disappointing thing about Street Fighter V is, like, you can see a fantastic game there that Capcom didn't want to seem to do the work to put in. Or they don't have the budget for it, or they wanted to release it a year ahead of time. Um, whereas Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite is kind of shitty everywhere. Like they, it doesn't play as well as uh, uh, MVC three. It has a ridiculously small roster for being this game that is supposed to be about matching up these uh, characters together. They they change these systems so that it's no longer a three on three; it's two on two. Um, And I think that really, uh, it really limits what you can do and the kind of makeup of your team. Mm -hmm. They added gems to it that suck. Like they don't make the game fun or add like interesting dynamics to it. It seems almost like this, like they were thinking of like putting microtransactions or something and they just went with a gem system instead. (laughs) <laughs> On a little
0: um, side note, yeah. did you see the collector's edition of that game with the oh. gems? <laughs> yeah, the picture of what they were supposed to look like, yeah. versus what they actually look like. Yeah,
1: no, it's Pretty it's good. really bad, and like that's nothing to say of like it. L- literally, looks bad. Like yeah. the uh, the assets for that game look really cheap. Oh yeah, like especially when you compare it to uh, uh, Nether Realms. Um, yeah. Especially if you compare it to fucking MVC3, which came out at this point, like, six years ago. Oh, that's um, so cool. Yeah, like, you look at this game, and, like, it's, it has such flat backgrounds that aren't doing anything. Like, yeah. the story that they have in the game is so bad. Like, this is supposed to be, like, a, the ultimate fan service project. You're supposed to be, like, high-fiving your imaginary friend on the couch <laughs> as, like, Ryu and Mega Man fist bump. And here comes Mike Hagar... And then fucking, like, Wolverine is also there. And, like, all these characters getting together to fight a big bad. But instead, like, they have the most, like, dull pairings of characters fighting, Mm -hmm. like, basically robots or just the generic shit that Marvel usually throws out in its movies. Mm -hmm. Um, And in this case, like, the big bad of the game is is Sigma Ultron or whatever. And it is the goofiest looking fucking antagonist um i think either marvel or capcom have ever produced that it, like, awesome. yeah i'm just looking at like More like, I'm, like sigma bortron sick Ooh. the the oh man what a combo yeah man uh what a sick burn <laughs> um yeah it, it's it's just like, like around the horn like marvel versus capcom is a bad bad sequel So... And, like yeah
0: uh, this sounds even worse because you thought that they might have learned their lesson from Street Fighter Five. Right. Yeah, that's and true said, too. Okay, let's not mess it up this time. And uh, yeah, no,
1: yeah. it's it's like it, it was really jarring when they released the that uh, project, or I'm sorry, that product, like the way they did. Um,
2: yeah, yeah,
1: it is.
0: So, <laughs> so, so what? I, I, I think this is fire emblem and marvel um versus capcom but persona 5 is also on here and i if you think it's worse than those two
1: um so here's the thing this is biggest disappointment uh persona 5 is leagues better than either of those games yeah um in fact persona 5 here is this beautiful shining diamond on a sea of turds (laughs) <laughs> like like every game yeah. on this list is a bad game except uh-huh. for Persona. Uh but Persona is my pick for the biggest the most disappointment uh mis- most disappointing game of the year. Mm-hmm. Um for a lot of reasons, but I would say the biggest reason is the length of its development cycle um allowing fans to have all this time to build it up in their minds. Um, cause Persona 4 came out in like 2008 or 2009. Like yeah. it came out a long time. It was a PlayStation <laughs> yeah. 2 game. Like it's been re-released <laughs> a lot, but Persona 4 was a PlayStation <clears throat> 2 game. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, like th- the entire tenure of PS3's life went by. Um, even though they did release it on the PS3. Um, yeah. cause that's obviously where it started its development. Um, they, Catherine? they made Catherine, but that's not a Persona game. What yeah. about Dancing All Night? They made Dancing All Night, which is a pretty <laughs> sweet game, um, but it's not Persona Five characters. Although they are making one now that has Persona Five characters. Right. Um, nice. Atlas has made so a lot what? of shit in the middle, but yeah. uh, they didn't seem to be focusing on Persona. Like they seem to have been writing that Persona Four uh, milk cow milk cow uh, <laughs> milk cow. Uh, they were they were milking the Persona Four cow a lot, like. Mm-hmm. Persona went from a niche franchise, really just like unheard of. Then Persona 4 met a lot of success pretty much after people who played three said, no, play the series. Mm-hmm. And then from there, it had like an anime, it had like live concerts, it's had manga releases, it's had like three re releases. It's had, um, man, like at this point, it's like it's getting towards where it's going to have like a live adaptation and like cinematic releases. Like, Persona 4 has been milked to death. Um, -hmm. and this had spinoffs, like, like many, many spinoffs. Um, and then Persona 5 comes out and it's just like, finally, like I get to move on from these characters that I love, but like, I'm sick of them now. Um, and kind to experience like a new world and a more grounded persona. I was really excited for the idea that like this one was going to be about, um, like youth versus their oppressors versus like society that has like, kind of is crushing all their dreams. Mm -hmm. Um, and the kind of like this punk aesthetic and this idea that you're going to be this band of misfits that like uh, emulate the thieves that they uh, admire um, and do all these heists. Like there are so many things that like sounded really, really neat um, mm-hmm. that ultimately like are in the game, but play more or less like the other personas have. There isn't isn't they're not there's not a fundamental gameplay difference between uh, persona five and four. Um, there's a lot mm. of quality of life stuff. There's some new stuff like being able to sneak around the dungeons, um, which basically makes it like the easiest stealth game you've ever played because literally yeah. like enemies don't have a line of sight so they can be looking at you. But if you're in stealth mode, they won't actually uh, see you. Oh, um, so it's really goofy it helped to see.
0: whenever you told me that.
1: <laughs> no, for sure. Yeah, just press X and then just keep pressing X and hiding mm-hmm. all over the map. Um, well, you know, it makes for some cool like uh, surprise encounters, like the animation of like your uh, Joker ripping off the masks of mm-hmm. the uh, of the guards, like that's always like a satisfying thing. Yeah. Um, but it feels like kind of trite. Um, and over after a while, it just kind of feels like unnecessary. Um, there's a real lack of tension in a lot of these battles in yeah. in these environments. Um, that's not my biggest disappointment with Persona Five. Okay. It's ultimately just the characterization. It, it is a cast and crew that I didn't really feel drawn to the way I did in 3 and 4. Um, like, I, like, I legitimately, like, love some of the characters from 3 and 4. Like, they're some of my favorite gaming uh, characters of all time. Um, and outside of Makoto, who fucking rules and was dropped into a bad game, or oh, not a bad game, but a bad uh, persona... Um, a lot of the characters in Persona 5 are duds. Like, they're just not interesting. They don't grow meaningfully. Uh, They don't talk to each other outside yeah. of text. Like, they have this very peripheral relationship, which in a way is, like, maybe truer of how relationships just are um, today. Like, people are just texting and not really hanging out or whatever or hanging out yeah. a lot less frequently. Like, the relationship that your characters have in 3 and 4 are definitely more mature Than kids relationships generally are like kids are generally not like not only hanging out every day after school, but like making things for each other and coming over all the time. (laughs) And like (laughs) they have these really intimate relationships in three and four that um, in five, they kind of did away with, um, which again, like might be more realistic, but like it, it makes it harder to identify with those characters And, and even like little, like they would always go on little escapades in three and four. Like, oh, we're going to go on vacation here, or we're going to go on a trip this way, or we're going to have a little talent show or something where, like, you got to see more sides of these characters. And all the events in 5 are kind of dull. Like, when you go to Hawaii, it feels like the most thrown-together scenes in the game. Like, there's nothing interesting about going to Hawaii in it. The same way that, like, going to, like, uh, Yakushina in 3, or Yakufima, whatever, um, or going to, like, the summer camp in 4 like those are really cool moments where you like, you really got to kind of take a break from the game's like narrative and like the scary kind of undertones of those worlds and just kind of mm. get to relax with these characters. And five, like it's never about that. Like your characters in five are just really driven to like get their agenda um, done and they don't really take a break and just talk to each other. Mm. Um, and that just like, it, pa- it, it makes the game like painful as you're just like, I'm 80 hours into this game, like, when are you guys gonna fucking, like, bro out and, like, <laughs> make me care about you guys, because I'm, like, I'm having trouble caring about you guys. Yeah. Um.
0: So, so, yeah. It sounds like this game is kind of the textbook definition of a disappointment. Right. Especially for you, like, I. I yeah, no, for sure. These are our lists and, like, that's a really strong argument like you are way more disappointed about that than I am about either of these games these other yeah, games yeah no this and game I was
1: looking forward to this was my most anticipated game for like three years
0: yeah and it like like you said it kind of like the anticipation was building up over eight years or so and it had the furthest to fall and it, it sounds like it did for you
1: yeah like it's still and again I think that if you are playing the series fresh and Persona 5 is your first one you might like it because you don't know how good three and four are like, um, also there's just a lot of quality of life stuff that make three and four a little hard to go back to. Mm -hmm. Um, but so I think five is good for newcomers to the series. Um, as long as you like RPGs, uh, JRPGs. But, um, for someone who's been a fan of the series since two, like I've just, I was just like this, this series, like this really soured me to persona and like, uh, I hope that they, like, learn from mm-hmm. their mistakes. Especially, like, you know, there are problems. It's not just, like, on the development side. Like, even localization was really bad in this game. Yeah, Like, Atlas is usually really good about their localization. And some of these characters, like, had some of the most awkward reading of their lines. Yeah. And I'm like, just take another take. Like, just do it again. Mm-hmm. But it's weird to me that there's an editor there going, like, yeah, that's fine. And not going, like, this person. Like, if these aren't, like... They didn't fucking get celebrities to voice these people. They got like the at, the, the 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 usual crew of voice actors. They always have. Yeah, right. it's like these people are down the street. Just call them up and say like, "You want to come <laughs> in for thirty minutes and retake this scene because you did it bad." Um, I think it wins. We, yeah, it, it wins for like, sure. Like it, for, you, <laughs> it just... you definitely sold
0: me on it. Yeah, yeah,
1: I was really disappointed with this game. Um, it's a real bummer. Um, yeah, um, and I still finished it. Like this game is enjoyable and has a lot going for it. Um, I would say it has the best presentation and one of the best characters of twenty seventeen, but uh yeah, but ultimately, like as an entire entity, like I was really disappointed. Like it had all I mean, it was it had big, big shoes to fill. Yeah. For sure. Um and so like maybe this was just a natural thing. But I, I kinda wanna see them approach the series from a different direction next time. If they try to just re emulate the Persona Three formula again, like That'll be a bummer,
0: yeah, all right uh what do you think is our runner up? I think it's important to remember that Nintendo isn't always <laughs> like our lord and savior in the gaming industry yeah. sure um and I think it is it is uh good to kind of uh point out their flaws, especially when it comes to like kind of souring like like you said a, a niche audience on a on a series that they've come to love, and inserting, um, like mechanics uh, as far as like paying to have to buy heroes, inserting that stuff into a series that doesn't that like that doesn't really fit into.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um. I personally think Fire Emblem Heroes as uh, a runner-up.
1: I would say for me, it's Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, um, okay. because. I love that series. Like, Marvel vs. Capcom 2 and 3 are great games. Yeah. Um, and I have kind of been pining to get back into fighting games. Mm-hmm. And Capcom's just been serving up duds. You um, should
0: try Injustice 2. <laughs> maybe, yeah. Like, I I don't
1: like how... I, I mean, I like Neversoft's games. Uh, Neversoft. I do like Neversoft's <laughs> games as well. I yeah. do like uh, Neversoft games. I, 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 I like Nether Realms games, but, like, there's something just about uh, the the more simplified, elegant combos of, like, Street yeah. Fighter that I mm-hmm. enjoy rather than pressing, like, 30 buttons to do a combo. Oh, um,
0: dude, I, I can never get a grip on Street Fighter combos. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what it is. Like, I can never, like, reliably hit them multiple times.
1: Yeah. For, for me, it's just, like, I've been trying to chase my fighting game Bliss since Street Fighter 3, yeah. um, and Capcom's never quite met that. Um, So every time they announce a new fighting game, I'm just like, is this the one? (laughs) Um, And so, like, I was really excited and, and, like, legitimately just wanted to play, like, a new uh, huge cast fighting game. Like, there's a lot of good fan service in the Marvel vs. Capcom series. um, But they just fucking dropped the ball hard. Um, Like, that's, for me, Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite was the game I was more uh, eager to play than Fire Emblem Heroes, okay. So that's my pick, but uh, you okay. you make a good case for Fire Emblem Heroes as well. I just wasn't. Um, I'm just not generally not expecting more out of a mobile game.
0: Yeah, like whereas mine is kind of out of purpose. Um, like I kind of just want to nominate this out of purpose. Like you're actually legitimately disappointed with, and like for good reason. <laughs> like yeah. you're disappointed with Marvel Marvel versus Capcom Infinite.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Marvel versus Capcom Infinite took us for a ride. One might say. Oh, it's a bad looking. <laughs> beautiful.
1: <laughs> yeah, they sure oh. did. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get the joke. We'll send you what's going to become your pick of best music of 2017. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: okay, all right. Um, so we got it, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I think. Let's name it. I, yeah, let's go. Um, so for biggest disappointment, we are (laughs) taking it, um, this round, the most disappointing, the most shameful of the bunch, uh, is going to be Persona 5 with slowly coming up behind it, um, or quickly, however you want to look at it. Marvel versus Capcom Infinite. Um, how about we take a break before we go into the next stuff? This went a little longer than expected. Sounds good. listen up y'all this is it the beat in this category is the shiz yes that's so sweet this music that came out this year is so great (laughs) that's what i have to say it's so great it's so good that's gonna be how i describe all of these um so the next category for today is best music y'all um And what we have nominated... Let me just run down the list here. We have nominated Prey, Cuphead, Friday the 13th, The Game, Persona 5, The Norwood Suite, Night in the Woods, Pyre, Near Automata, and Dujana.
3: Good picks. Yeah, that's a pretty sweet pick. Good picks. Are they?
0: Yeah, they're good picks. Nice
3: picks.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Send me your picks. Um,
0: Anybody uh, in... In doubt of any of these games? Yes. Here? What? Well There's you don't like <laughs> one of these, are you kidding me? All these are great.
1: Um I don't like to shoot my own children. So Then don't. I'll shoot someone else's kid. Okay. <laughs> um great. Why is Hold on, do we take it off?
0: What? Are we no longer doing Mario and Rabbits? No, you already shot my children. Okay, okay. So I will mention the two that I had on here, but that are not on here, because I know I can just gauging the the feel in the room. That's not
1: good sportsmanship. Well, the idea, yeah. The idea is to fight for your children, not be like, well, there's no, there's no point.
0: Well, why did isn't. you like
1: Mario and Rabbit's soundtrack?
0: I liked Mario Rabbit's soundtrack because I feel like it was very gleeful and it was um, super like. I liked how the the game was incorporated, and like the animations kind of like went with the music, like the world, mm-hmm. uh, like there was little beans and or whatever jumping on drums as the drums played in the music, and I feel like it really uh, accompanied the game very well. But it's okay.
1: Okay, it's
0: okay. Um, um,
1: Grant Kirkhope, everyone.
0: Yeah, I think Grant Kirkhope does good stuff. I like him. Some people may not. Did you I like, like his
1: ukulele stuff? stuff?
0: Um, yeah, I loved it. Um, All right. But that's okay. Okay. Uh, also, I had Wildlands on here, Ghost Recon Wildlands. Uh, I just want to shout out, again, that game is... The music of that game is better than you think. <laughs> I think it's, like, really good ambient, just guitar, and uh, I think that there's... I think there's some good stuff in there, uh, some... Stuff to build up like climactic moments, but again it's not it's it's not gonna win this category. I know that, and it's it's not what I like out of or I don't like it more than half of these, so. That's fair. There's that. Um let's talk about Prey. Okay. Prey. Good, uh... Um I think Prey's soundtrack rules. And that's all my notes. Okay. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, yeah, no, please. Um, I, I really liked Prey Soundtrack. Uh, regardless of what I think of the game, um, like as a whole, um, or the gameplay anyway, uh, I think the soundtrack rules. I think it is very, I think it fills that sci-fi kind of vibe. Um, you know, there's like a lot of synth and stuff, and there's a lot of um, kind of, I don't the, the music feels desolate throughout that game. Um, yeah. Like, it, it makes you feel stranded on the space station. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, it's really good at building tension because a lot of the music and the, the keys and stuff are tied to what's happening in, in the game. Um, I mean, as you should in a game. But, like, there are specific tracks that play whenever specific enemies, like, see you. And, uh, like... I, I i just really like the the ambient kind of low synth uh kind of feel <laughs> or the music it, it's weird to describe music um it's harder than, than you think uh and I, I like how he also incorporates like some acoustic guitar in there which you wouldn't normally think would fit but like floating through space with some real chill uh guitar is is pretty good um and like I said, I, I think that that fitting um, each enemy with its own song uh, throughout the game is really, I think it's a good way to do that because you kind of know what you're up against whenever, and like with this type of game when when um, like an enemy is kind of a big deal whenever you run into it, like you are kind of never really equipped with, um, or you never feel like you're really equipped to handle especially like more than one enemy. And I feel like it's a good tell of like, okay, I hear this song. Like I know what I'm getting into here. Right. Um, I know if I should run, I know like if I hear the music start and that I've been seen, like I got to get out of here. And it, it's like super like intense whenever the music does kick up. Um, because like walking around the space station, it's, it's really atmospheric. Um, like I said, it, it's just kind of, you get a real desolate feel from it. It's a, a lot of, uh, just, I don't want to say, like, random, uh, like, chords being played, but it's just, like, super low, like, low-key and chill. Yeah, low-key yeah. and chill. <laughs> and uh, whenever it kicks up, it's, like, it's what uh, Mick Gordon does best, which is, like, the Doom kind of stuff, where it's this um a very hectic kind of feeling music. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, I, I think, like, Mick Gordon also did Wolfenstein this year. And... Like, Wolfenstein's good or whatever, but it's kind of just more of that, like, metal, like, rock kind of stuff that he's he's done already, whereas Prey feels different than what what he's been doing. Um, like, because he did Doom, uh, he did, and he did both of Wolfensteins. As far as I I know, I don't know. We, we were speculating that he might have done Rage, but I didn't actually look that up. Um, but, yeah, I just feel like Prey's different than what he's done, and I think that he does it well, mm-hmm. um, yeah, what so <laughs> Dave, it sounded like you had something to say about it.
1: No, I, I haven't played Prey, mm-hmm. um, but just listening to some of the tracks, um, I don't know, they're very familiar, like, especially mm-hmm. the song Everything is Going to Be Okay, yeah, like, yeah. the second I started listening to that, I'm like, this is from something, this is, I mean, it's from Prey, but it's <laughs> it. it there was something, like, at the, I'm like, is this from the Watch Dogs 2? There is a soundtrack that it sounds almost, like, identical to. Hmm. And, like, I'm starting to think, like, is this just, like, it, the more I listen to it, the more I'm like, this is kind of, like, pseudo, like, or or, or partway generic sci-fi track and partway, like, DJ Tiesto. Um, <laughs> and, like, in a way that I'm like, I'm sure this, like, Fits well with the game, but yeah, it's not something I would listen to like in my car. And I want to caution that again, this is a best music category. Um, so the things that we kind of talked about in sound design, um, we want to make sure that we're not confounding the two. Um, Mm. this is best music, which means like this is something that should be like enjoyable, like wholly encompassed uh, in a vacuum rather than like in lieu of like the gameplay. Although that's important. Like, good music will also enhance the gameplay. But if we're mm-hmm. talking about things like stingers or chords that play when enemies are around, like, that is a sound design choice rather than a music thing. Um, So just to make sure that okay. we're clear on what we're defining. Um, right. It's not offensive. I, did, I don't know. I just, like, listened to a few of these tracks. I'm like, these are cool, but, like, they don't strike me. Um. Like just personally, like they don't make they don't move me in a way that they mm-hmm. might had I played the game, um, and yeah, so I don't know.
3: Yeah, um, um, I think it's a testament to Mick Gordon that he can go from the hard driving, almost humorously loud rock to mm-hmm. this kind of chill, for uh, sure, ambient style, and I think he does a good job. Yeah, yeah. If you would have uh, told I, me I Mick Gordon made this, I'd have been like, really? Yeah. Um, but also
1: in lieu of like that, this is him moving away from his comfort zone. I think he does do it a little safe. Um, yeah. But it's good.
3: Yeah, um, it's absolutely good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I think pers- It's gonna be okay. It's fantastic.
1: Yeah, I, pr- I personally like don't think it's top two, but yeah. uh, it, it's a strong it's a strong soundtrack. Okay. Um. Do you want to argue for it or do you want to take it off?
2: uh you know um,
0: I
3: think we should put it to the side because okay. being okay. our first yeah. Sure.
0: Alright. Um I see somebody's hovering over Cuphead.
1: Um uh, who wants to talk or, about Cuphead?
0: Near it. Um I guess I will. <laughs>
2: <'Cause>
0: <laughs> I, I like guess. the have Head. I'll talk about um, this great I, soundtrack. You know, I don't think I like it in the... Um, I don't think... I don't think because it's a. It's trying to evoke a time and place. I don't think that's the reason I like it. I just really like the style of this music. Mm-hmm. Um, like I like it on its own. Um, I totally listen to... Like the entire Cuphead uh, soundtrack in my car, and it's just like, yeah, okay. Like, all of it's really upbeat and stuff, and it's got a real finger-snapping vibe to it. Um, it's maybe not my top two on this list, but I really like it, and um, yeah, I, gu- I guess if nobody else wants to fight for it, then... Let well, let's.
1: I want to talk about it a little bit because it's is it's, it's okay. not my top two, but it's a fantastic soundtrack. Yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's, it's by uh, composer uh, Christopher uh, Madigan. Um, <clears throat> I'm not sure if he is using instruments from that era, um, which at this point I imagine are hard to find in good working condition. Yeah, but he's yeah. definitely recording that soundtrack at a lower uh, fidelity. Um, oh yeah, to kind yeah to match uh, the era. Um, it's an amazing like bandstand performance. Like every song is ex- immediately catchy. Um mm. and gets you in kind of that fevered uh state. Um kind of just like a like a big ballad or a dance uh to get ready for these Boston encounters. Yeah. Um just like an amazing sense of musicianship. Um my gripe with Cuphead um is really a dumb one, but like um The music is, uh, it's kind of swappable, um, with few, with some exceptions, like, you know, the train boss has the horns blaring, so to make, like, a train, uh, horn noise, Mm. um, Mm -hmm. and that stuff is really cool, but a lot of these songs are just kind of like, this is just a song, like, (laughs) there's nothing about this song that's, like, nautical or, uh, like, reminiscent of whatever's going on in the background, um, they do that for some of them,
2: Like,
0: it's still good music, though.
1: For sure, yeah. Um, But I think, like, he just kind of wrote a lot of songs. (laughs) Um, They're like, "Uh, this boss is a a plane. It's like, alright, well, I'll just write a song then. And not actually, like, theme it around uh, whatever's going on. Um, And the other thing, I was talking to you about this before the recording. um, The unique thing about soundtracks in those old... uh, what was it the flesher brothers cartoons um, uh-huh. were that they were like in, in, incredibly tailored to everything that was going on on the screen so everything uh-huh. from like s- like sound effects like tiptoeing or something falling all of that stuff was part of the soundtrack it wasn't like in uh, its own uh, sound effects that were being overlaid a background track um, that happened later obviously but uh it was like this really cool tailored piece per each action that was going on on the screen And obviously, the way Cuphead works, like, that would be very difficult um, to do, because obviously you don't know what the player is going to do. Mm -hmm. Um, But, like, I feel like they could have thought of a way to kind of put that in there, whether that's make the sound effects sound like their own individual instruments or whatever. Um, So, in that way, like, Cuphead's soundtrack feels a little removed from the game. Um, Yeah, I understand. Even though, like, it's still, like, they do a lot of things right, like... Recording at a lower fidelity and just like how good those performances are, like it's a fantastic soundtrack. I just don't think it hangs top two.
0: Yeah, I definitely okay. <laughs> I'm gonna say I have a I have a two that I have in mind here. Um, and yeah, Cuphead definitely isn't one of them.
1: Let's well, not. I don't know. I don't want to jump the gun. Okay. Um. But I don't know. I think we should still pick off at the weaker links. Yeah um
0: well yeah i mean they, they deserve to have a piece set for them,
1: for sure um well i also <laughs> want to not eliminate immediately the suspension of our listeners yeah um, <laughs> who are like what are they gonna pick um let's see next on this list is friday the 13th which has yeah. a really
3: which has a really great theme it's really good um it's the theme from the movie though right it is, but it's modified. Okay, they got Harry Manfredi back in the studio to yeah. make new pieces, mm-hmm. which I think elevates it. If it would just been the movie bits, and then wouldn't be on this list, mm-hmm. I think. But yeah, I mean, here we got this iconic, <laughs> yeah, and of course mm-hmm. the music stings that we all know, mm-hmm. and I really think they made it an, did an excellent job at mixing it into the game. Mm-hmm. Like it's a bit dynamic. Uh, if you're near Jason, the uh, In the game, the heavy, like, suspense music will kick in. If you're away from Jason, you'll have this droning, low, kind of semi-peaceful but tense Mm -hmm. uh, piece going. And then sometimes you've these stingers of false scares to kind of give you that jump scare kind of vibe. It really melds together incredibly. And I feel like it's almost unfair to have Harry Manfredini, this legendary film composer, in with... These other guys, but Mm -hmm. I really do believe that it's, if not top two, definitely top five. Mm -hmm. Um,
1: Uh, what is the variety of the soundtrack like? Because my understanding of how the game plays is, it's just like maps, like multiplayer. Uh, like, are there different songs like throughout the game, or is it just the one dynamic?
3: Well, it depends on which Jason the player picks. Uh, They kind of took stems from every one of the movies that are represented in the game. Okay. So you have Mm -hmm. a bit of uh, part 8, part 9, part 9 with the more uh, modern sound, Mm -hmm. and like part 2 with the more 70s feeling. What about Uh, Jason X? Jason X is not yet represented in the game. (laughs) Mm Hmm. But they do have uh, NES Jason and the 8-bit soundtrack to go along with them, okay. which is also really good. I heard that.
0: that was, yeah, that, that was
3: pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, um, and of course they also have a couple license songs with Alice Cooper's "Man Behind the Mask" and all that. Uh, Interesting. But I don't, I don't think those really count. I think licensed music should be considered. Mm-hmm. Okay. But uh, yeah, um, of course we only have the main menu theme linked. But have you heard any of the other? Oh yeah. Pieces. I've heard a yeah. Few of it, yeah, but like. It just I, feels like it's a lot of. Dunna, 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 dunna. <laughs> the Jaws music, huh? <laughs> yeah, a Jaws. the Jaws music. Yeah, no, there's a Jaws uh, feel to it, but. Uh, yeah, I think um, it's one of those things where, like you said with Prey, it's one of those things where you have to consider is it in lieu of the gameplay or is it. Does it hold on its own? Mm-hmm. And I feel like its strengths are in lieu of the gameplay. Yeah. And so. I know I'm shooting my own child by saying that, but yeah, it's. I think that keeps. Yeah, I I definitely.
0: I can see where like this would kick in, and like, like even just starting some of these tracks, they start on like a super high note and like super loud, and listening to them, it's like, oh, oh god, okay, yeah, yeah, we're starting. (laughs) Like, yeah, uh, I, I can definitely see like when those come in, it's probably, uh, like pretty jarring and like scary, but. Yeah, it's more in the in the context of the game. Um, and like, a, Yeah, I think it's the same thing with, with uh, Prey, where in-game, it's way more powerful than just if you were to listen
3: to it in your car. Right. Um, yeah, unless you're a hardcore horror fan, you're not going to be listening to the Friday 13 soundtracks in your car. <laughs> yeah,
1: you'll be listening to it and following someone on the street walking home.
3: Right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Play um, yeah, I think my, like, concern is uh because these are more or less arrangements of existing uh pieces uh-huh like I would like to give it to like wholly new compositions um you're yeah, right that like yeah Harry manfredini is like a goddamn legend um mm. and like and yeah this soundtrack is iconic um but it was just like the familiarity of it it was just like I don't know that's that's kind of my mark against it
3: yeah, um, it's not a whole new experience for this year. So yeah, yeah I think like that alone. If, if he had
1: composed the Friday the Thirteenth theme this year for a video game,
3: right? Oh yeah, it wouldn't. I would.
1: <laughs> I would feel much differently about it. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like for me, this doesn't cut it. But
3: yeah, I think I just talked myself out of it. So I think we can cut it. <laughs> all
1: right. Um, moving right along. Okay. Um.
0: We're just going down the list at this point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: okay. Do we have any songs now that aren't my picks?
0: Um uh, I mean Pray... Uh, okay, so... what do you mean your picks? Uh, some of these <laughs> are my picks too.
1: No, I'm saying we we put Pray aside. And we but we have Persona 5, Norwood Sweet Night in the Woods Pyre, Near yeah, Automata, exactly. and Tishana.
0: Some of these are I, I'm I'm behind some of these. Oh, I know, yeah, me too. I know, yeah, I know that Norwood Sweet and yeah. I liked Night in the Woods. <laughs> like, I liked the music in Night in the it's Woods. It's just who
3: typed it first, I guess. So, yeah,
0: I guess. sorry. Jeez. It's not
1: what you said before the recording. You said some very <laughs> mean things about Night in the Woods. I did
0: say <laughs> mean things about the gameplay of Night in the Woods.
1: Okay. Um, let's go to Persona. Okay. Persona 5. It's pretty uh, good. Composed by Yeah, composed by Shoji Maguro. Um, it would be, I would say, a combination of acid jazz and rock. Um, Shoji Maguro is a guitarist like first and foremost Mm. Um, so if you listen to older Shin Megami Tensei games um, or really any Persona game like there's a lot of rock in it Um, and it's it's fitting Uh, I don't think he's the best uh, guitarist (laughs) um, or at least the most dynamic Um, his music like is kind of getting long in the tooth at this point Um, I think his jazz stuff is where he's most creative, yeah. um, where he experiments the most at least. Um, and so, I think the soundtrack of Persona 5 has some real bangers. Um, yeah. And the, it has to, yeah.
0: The yeah. the battle music is amazing. Yeah.
1: It especially, especially with because, the vocals. Right. You, you listen to that song a million times. Yeah. Like every battle, like that is... Outside of boss encounters and, uh, I guess, like, the occasional special mid-boss, um, Last Surprise is the song that plays over and over. And it plays (laughs) from the beginning, like,
3: so you hear that, yeah, you hear that. (laughs) It has vocals, so if you don't like lyrics, you're screwed. Yeah,
1: yeah, the stinger. Um, let me talk a little bit about that, like, because I feel weird about saying this, but I don't like Lin, who has been kind of the vocalist for Shin Megami Tensei Games, uh, for... A long time now um i feel like they strain they really try to make her phonetically speak english like as well as they can and to this day like i just don't understand her (laughs) like and i'm like if you really want like have her sing in japanese she sings great in japanese why are you forcing her to sing in english like yeah and so like when you listen to the when you listen
0: to the vocals yeah the pitch of I, I think the Shapeshifter are is like the, the most, uh, like the best example of that. Is like you can't really tell what she's saying. It's like I'm mm-hmm. a Sheshafu. Mm-hmm. and yeah, I, I agree with that to an extent. But I, I like the the vocals in the Last Surprise.
1: I like yeah. the use of I like the use of the vocals. Um, mm-hmm. I also liked it when they like, and it's. I think I'm just used to it now because like, when I played Persona Three and you, the song uh, Mass Destruction is the name of the of the battle theme. And, mm. like, hearing the vocals in that were, like, really powerful. Also, they they partnered with some, like, Japanese rap group that also sings in English. Mm. Um, and so, like, it was a different style there. It was more hip-hop. But um, at this point, like, I'm very used to, like, Lin's uh, style and her vocals. Um, so when I compare Persona Five soundtrack to, like, 3 and 4, I just mm-hmm. think it's kind of par for the course. Um, in fact, I would say Persona 4 and even 3 probably have better soundtracks than 5. Um, Mm. even though Vive 5 is very strong um, I think one of their issues is uh, the song Beneath the Mask uh, which is kind of the theme of just the town um, plays uh, everywhere whereas in Persona 4 like different parts of the town had different themes Um, so it kind of like it really just felt like (laughs) like I don't know it just kind of like it was like this uh, what do you call it um, it was just kind of like buried in my mind Yeah. and I wasn't really enjoying the theme anymore I was just kind of like tuning it out uh-huh. um, and then like, listening to it like way later I was like oh yeah this song is really good but like listening to this song for literally hours like hours yeah. and hours and hours like every time you're in the town you're just hearing that theme it, it, it changes depending on kind of uh, the, um, the narrative like depending on like uh, how close you are to uh the, uh, the heists in the game, Yeah, I was, it'll I was, speed, it'll I speed up. I thought it would. Yeah.
0: Um, or I thought it did, because I, I noticed that it was a different song.
1: No, it, 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 it's all variations of Beneath the Mask, so when you're okay. closer to a heist, it'll speed up. When it's raining, it'll remove some of the instruments. Um, when you are like, it, when it's night or day, it'll be different themes. But ultimately mm-hmm. it's just that theme rearranged like 12 different times. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, like, it, it's cool and it's effective, but, um, Ultimately, like, there is a lack of variety. Like, I can think of, off the top of my head, like, 20 Persona 3 or 4 songs that I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. And when I go to Persona 5, I'm like, I like the battle theme fine. I like the intro. Beneath the Mask is a good song. Like, I can't really even think of, like, the sad theme in this game. Uh-huh. Which Persona 3 and 4 always had, like, a really good shit is fucked theme. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, ultimately, like, I think uh, it's a good soundtrack. It's just... Uh, not exceptional. Um, it's not kind of changing the game the way three and four soundtrack did. Um, so I think we can take it
0: off. Yeah, I. For me, anyway, like yeah, I, I. love think... Persona soundtracks, but.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: um, for me, like I think, like I really enjoyed the the music, like from what I had listened to. But yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think it was just like, oh, I like four of these songs. The rest of these are kind of. Exactly. They're good. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with them, but the dungeon themes were kind of forgettable. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Um. The dungeon themes are just like whatever. Um. Yeah. And ultimately, like the thing is, this game is a hundred-plus hour game. Like you like the songs now, but how about 100 hours from now? <laughs> like,
0: yeah. Um, I was gonna say, I think it might just get old just by virtue of playing for 140 hours. Yeah, and they this didn't is the even Fallout do like... a
1: 3 issue. Yeah, in Persona um, 3, in the last fourth of the game, they completely changed the soundtrack. hmm Yeah. Um, and it's really effective. Because um, the end of Persona 3 is like super fucked. Like, it's like, you're literally just sitting there waiting for the apocalypse to happen. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> like, and everyone in town is just kind of like, oh, whatever, we're going to die, I guess. Um, um, so that was really effective. I don't know. I, five soundtrack didn't stick with me the way that 3 and 4 do. Mm-hmm. Like, for when 3 and fours came out, I would have those CDs in my car for, like, months. Oh, totally, yeah. yeah. And, and Persona 5, like, I was just like, I don't even think I'm going to keep this in my car. Like, this isn't that... Uh, like special compared to the other two Mm -hmm. um yeah i i think it's a good soundtrack overall but it is not uh exceptional like some of these
0: yeah okay well i guess we'll take it off then okay uh
1: let's talk a little bit about the norwood suite
0: the norwood suite is rad Super oh, rad is how Super you describe the rad. Norwood Suite. Uh, so,
1: Norwood Suite is composed by DJ Cosmo D. Um, mm-hmm. You could call it electronic or jazz step. Um, although, I think jazz step has like a. Um, not a. Like a pejorative term these days. Like people don't want to call their music jazz step. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's what it is. It's like a um, simulator. Sure. You can think of it like. It, it, it's influence. I don't know if its influences are these bands, but uh, yeah. it definitely has a, a hint <laughs> of like Fortet or uh, Floating Points. Okay. Um, if you've listened to either of those bands, like you kind of know what you're getting into for Norwood Suite. Uh-huh. Um, even, th- but I, I really love Fortet, um, and even Norwood Suite sounded like something a little different. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just, I guess, a good point of comparison. Uh, the... Yeah.
0: Um, well, what I was going to say for the Norwood suite, like, like I was telling you earlier, I I feel like this is, which you, uh, you corrected me and said it it is a DJ, but if I feel like this is a DJ performing and it's just like something about it is so effortless and knowing what, like what instruments should be playing at what times and like when to like give a little hint of this and a little hint of that. And like, it, it just fits so well and it gels so well. And it, it just evokes this style that, like, uh, yeah, like some like most of these games on this list just don't have, um, right. And it's so unique, like for me anyway, because uh, I I I don't know I've never really heard any bands like this, um, and I I really enjoyed the Norwood Suite, and I especially like how like the game. Like, where the, those songs play and, like, how it goes into the game. Right. I mean, like, similar to the
1: Norwood Hotel, like, the music of the Norwood Suite is this, like, seductive place that lures you in and just washes over you completely. Yeah. It, it is just, like, I, I I feel so immersed in its music when I'm listening to it. It's very easy to just close your eyes and just enjoy this entire soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Um and it's, like, interesting, because, like, you wouldn't think so with what's going... Like, how much uh, you're being exposed to, but, like, the music is actually pretty minimalist. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's hard to deny the Norwood Suite minimalism, like, with the cello arpeggios, which melodically oscillate from, you know, optimistic points to somewhat sinister points, and how they're met with rolling drum fills and instances of, like, inexplicable electronic weirdness. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's this appreciation of space and air that's impossible to ignore. It's almost as if you can breathe the same oxygen displaced by every cello string that's plucked. It's mm-hmm. it's really just powerful. Like, that whole game, like, is about its soundtrack. Um, and yeah, like, I, I think that's... I think Cosmo D, or I'm sorry, I think, like, the creator of the Norwood Suite wanted to create a game around its soundtrack. <laughs> yeah. And that's what the Norwood Suite is.
0: Yeah, and like, there's something so, like, sly about it. I don't, like... Something so just, I don't. It feels like dirty or like I, I don't know. Like I love it. It, it just yeah it no. fits it's, so well into the themes of that game.
1: Yeah, it definitely feels like this weird, kind of, cool, uh, society you're kind of like going into. Like it, it feels like you're exploring mm-hmm. this like different, uh, this different uh, level of society. <laughs> like yeah, <laughs> like. like yeah, there's this weird knowingness about everyone at this hotel. Mm-hmm. And you're like, "Hmm, these people they get something that the rest of society doesn't." Mm-hmm. And that just that's really just the music that is giving you that belief. Mm-hmm. If you played this game on mute, uh it would oh. not it would be uh nowhere near as effective.
0: And even just like the uh like go hi, finding the hidden pathways and stuff and having like this um like how would you describe the music that that is in in those like pathways? Like it's so different from the rest of the game. It's almost like, if I'm remembering right, it's kind of like an orchestral kind
2: of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It
1: almost sounds like they're tuning a lot of the times. Yeah. Um, you don't even really hear like a track. That's like the most sincere music that's in the game. Mm-hmm. I think that's like the actual music that is being composed by Peter Norwood. Yeah, is the music in those spaces. Mm-hmm. Um because he's a pianist and i think he's like a, he leads an orchestra um and i think that's like actually a taste of the music that this whole game is based off of yeah um no those those points are really cool especially cuz they have that like beetlejuice kind of uh twisting hallway motion to them mm. yeah um it's really interesting to like find those passages and and learn a little bit about uh, this character um
0: yeah, yeah the,
3: this this is one of my favorite soundtracks of the year hmm like i'll them. say this for it uh yeah. when i was listening to a few of these for the podcast i listened to edge of the estate and i immediately went to listen to the rest of the soundtrack it yeah. is easily it blew my mind yeah it's really
1: good <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, it's something else <laughs> yeah um for me this is one of our two yeah for, um, yeah it's got it. also yeah okay
0: so let's move swiftly along here all right um Actually, I'm gonna go back and take off Bray. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking weird. about it. <laughs> uh, so let's move on to "Night in the Woods." All right,
1: "Night in the Woods."
0: Um, um who? <laughs> Dave, you wanna you wanna take this one since?
1: Yeah, "Night in the Woods," composed by uh, Alec uh, Holoka. I'm not sure how to say his last name. Holoka. Um, Holoka. Sure. Um. It's genres are kind of... They oscillate between indie rock, (laughs) drink pop, uh, shoegaze, uh, post-punk revival. Mm -hmm. Um, I believe um, the composer said he was influenced by the band Dive, which is an indie pop band out of Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. Um, Night of the Woods has really good motifs in the patterns of the music, uh, which give a really good emotional heft to the game. Um, In a game about kind of may's mind state um, it, it's kind of it's it's really good in in kind of um, I don't want to say it, like lending a lot of credence to what may's going through through the music mm-hmm. um, rather than text or the dialogue or whatever um, I think astral alley which is one of the more rambunctious songs in the game mm-hmm. um, it kind of plays like it's it, it feels like a traveling carnival is performing it Um, And in a way, like as you're going through those areas in the game, like you are talking to the different musicians um, and the song will build as you talk to a new musician. Yeah. Um, And those parts are really powerful because like it adds something to like that sinister undertone of the game where you're like, what is really going on? Like is Mei experiencing something internally or is there actually some kind of supernatural thing in the background uh, that's going on because towards the end of the game May starts telling her friends like something bad is going to happen to this town and we need to leave um, and you later find out it's fucking elder gods that live under the town um, but it's uh, yeah which is just like oh okay um, but like it, it really adds some salience to kind of like uh, May seems to be rushing uh, to find answers and like it's it's like a very good dichotomy between what's going on during the day and the evening, or at least her dreams or visions, mm-hmm. depending on what you believe they are. Yeah. Um and like that music, uh it like a lot of the music in this game like contrasts a lot. Um, which kind of adds to its like punk motif. Um because like, you know, her and her friends are in a punk band. Um mm. which I, I'd like to move on to that music. Her punk band's music is pretty cool. Um yeah. it's very simple. It sounds like something that a bunch of 20-year-olds would write. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not fantastic. <laughs> um, but it has a lot... Of, like, punk is more about the energy uh, than it is about the musical composition. Mm-hmm. Um, so the song, like, Die Anywhere Else, which is basically about how much they hate their town and they just want to leave and they'd rather, you know, in per the title, die anywhere else. Yeah. Um, it has a lot of, like, youthful energy and optimism um, that is very noticeable just by, like listening to uh Angus's keyboards and May, May very poorly playing the bass um
0: well I don't know I played it pretty good
1: okay <laughs> but I mean even if you even if you 100% those sequences like it still sounds yeah. bad she's hitting that bass like bing bang yeah. bang. like she's just like slamming it each time she only downstrums. Yeah. um but uh there yeah I think my the thing I like about Night of the Woods is how good its motifs lend to the uh the narrative of the game um it definitely has a good like autumn chill vibe for a lot of it mm-hmm. like it, it definitely gets the sounds of autumn right um for a game that's set in the autumn like it's it's really well done um I don't think it's extremely uh uh yeah in a vacuum I don't think it, it holds up as well as some of the other picks yeah um Like I think a lot of it is just uh, colored for me by the narrative or the events of the game. Mm -hmm. Um, Like it's like I like the song because it reminds me of this part in the game. Not so much I like the song by itself, Mm -hmm. Um, which is where I think Night in the Woods uh, wouldn't win this category. Um, But otherwise, like I I still really like the sound. The soundtrack is fantastic. Yeah. And uh, uh, the yeah.
0: Personally, I think all of the the, like dream stuff is the most powerful. parts of that uh, soundtrack for me mm-hmm. personally um like I, I thought the the stuff during the day like especially the, the um the band stuff I thought that was fine it, it didn't really do anything for me I think it works better like you said in the confines of the game um and I do think running around the town like the music that just kind of plays ambiently is really good um I think it fits really well um but again like the dream stuff I I really dug that um mm-hmm like that was something like listening to that was kind of um like honestly it kind of pulled me like back into that game uh, Mm -hmm. from you know like it's been said plenty of times I'm not that hot on that game but listening to that dream stuff for the first time I was like oh okay like I really like this this is unique and um I'm not saying that the rest of the game isn't unique but like I liked that it was different from the rest of the game um but yeah like in a vacuum I, I don't think the rest of the stuff holds up uh whereas mm-hmm. like i do think that the dream stuff like i could i don't know i could listen that to that all day long i, I like oh, i love yeah. astral alley i love um oh, man, i'm blinking on the rest of the tracks but um yeah it, it's difficult to to uh keep it on here if i only like half of the soundtrack
1: yeah um ultimately like i think it's a strong soundtrack that would win most years but uh, this year we have some real bangers. Yeah. So I think we can uh, take it off.
3: Okay. Yeah.
0: All right, Pyre. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so let, let, let's just recap. Uh, we've taken everything off except the Norwood Suite.
0: Yeah. Okay. So
1: we have the Norwood Suite, Pyre, and Nier, and Dujana. Yeah. Our, our last uh, holdouts. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, let's talk about Pyre. Let's
0: talk about some real bangers. <laughs>
1: yeah, Pyre uh,
0: rules, dude.
1: Pyre's soundtrack is really good, and for a long, long time, I thought it was going to be my pick for my favorite soundtrack.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um, and then just kind of revisiting a few of the other games. Uh, mm-hmm. I have changed my mind. <laughs> um, but let's talk about how good Pyre is.
0: Dude, Pyre has two sound... It, uh, well, okay, this doesn't really... I don't know that this adds anything, but you can listen to those songs like as they are in the game or you can listen to the acoustic versions, and I think both versions rock. Like, mm-hmm. the, like, I think they evoke the tone of that game and the, like, setting of that game so well. Like, and, and like, this uh, almost, um, it's not really, like, medieval, but almost, like, um. How would you describe the. the um... I would
1: describe it as bardic rock.
0: Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, that's
1: fair. It sounds like. True to the game, which has a traveling minstrel with you, um, yeah. Tarik. Like, there is a sound of like. Like, these sound like. A lot of these songs, uh, with a few exceptions, they sound like things that you would hear <laughs> around a fire. Yeah, like I was someone say, like, is telling you. Fable. <laughs> like, almost fable. Yeah, exactly. It sounds like someone that is. Uh, Telling you the story of Pyre mm-hmm. um, through its music, um, it's really affecting. Like I would say, the uh, the biggest earworm of the year for me, or, or one of the biggest, uh, was the song "The Herald," only because of this one bass line in the middle of the song. Um, it kind of has like these mandolins playing for the most of it. Mm-hmm. It almost sounds like this, uh, like this Italian country song. Um, it, it, it is, for a long time, the game's world map music. Um, and then it has this, like, bass line that goes... And, like, that, to me, was super powerful. Like, it's a really basic bass line that I was just like, oh, this is really good. <laughs> like, yeah. um, I, I really enjoyed it. it. Like, I think the strength of Pyre is the incredible diversity of its music. Um, it establishes tone and personality throughout that game yeah like every character has a unique theme mm-hmm. um, all the triumvirates have their own theme um, and it really like even more than I would say like the game's dialogue or its art direction like I think the music is really where you get a lot of the personality
2: yeah. from
1: everything in this world mm-hmm. um, I feel like and, that's true of all super Giants games for Turn sure' yeah. always yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, Darren Korb, like, this is definitely his most diverse soundtrack. Um, yeah. Like, I can see people arguing for Bastion or Py or Transistor, but like, for me, Pyre is, I think, my favorite one he's done. Yeah. Um, I. It's just really beautiful. Like. Uh, yeah, I
0: like, man. The, what what's that song? Strange Voyage. Yeah, I've listened to that song at least a hundred times. Like, it <laughs> just, it, it's so great. Like, it, it yeah. is. Like these big um, um, adjectives I'm using. It's just so great, yeah. um, and I think it, it just it emulates that feeling of like just going on a voyage. Like it, it feels so like free and like um, just like on the road. And like I I like that um, because that is kind of what that that game is. Is you're just on the road, like on the road again and heading, heading, uh, <laughs> heading back to the oh, get to get out of the the downside or whatever um, yeah i don't know um, i think this soundtrack is amazing it's excellent
1: i i like it a whole bunch like it's i have nothing bad to say about it i no. just only have better things to say about a different pick which is why i
3: wouldn't put it in my top two
2: Okay. The but, only uh, bad
3: thing I can say about this one is that Darren Corb already wrote uh, "Setting Sail, Coming Home" for Bastion, and that was a <laughs> perfect song, <laughs> well, right? Like, yeah, that's the thing too. Is like this game,
1: I like its music equally, which is weird. Usually, you like certain songs in a soundtrack more, right? And for some reason, like every song is like on equal footing for me. Like they're, and even the ones that are like s- very different, um. Man, Never to Return is such a fucking good ballad, though. Like, um, The song that plays when you're doing the final rites, the ones before one of your party members leaves, Mm -hmm. um, is just a really fucking haunting song. Um, Yeah, Pyre's good. I think we keep it in the shortlist. Definitely. Um, I want to make arguments for one other song, or one other uh, game.
3: Okay. I think I know which one.
1: Um, So, before I make arguments for why i think near automata is the best soundtrack of the year okay and my best friend jeff Keeley agrees (laughs) um (laughs) that
0: doesn't help that's a that's a strike against you
1: um let's talk a little bit about dujana's soundtrack okay um dujana's soundtrack is maybe the most unique one on here um you know we talked about how like uh Norwood's, or you—you you mentioned how Norwood Suite was kind of unlike anything you've heard before. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was Dujana for me. Yeah, uh, Dujana. So it was the game was entirely made and also composed by the same person, um, a Scottish developer named uh, Jack King Spooner. Um, Dujana kind of his first game that isn't entirely an experimental game, um, or like a small indie project. Yeah, um, I would say like this is his debut, kind of not magnum opus, but like. It, this is his first big title yeah um, th- which unfortunately is r- super underperforming like it's a real bummer because Dujana is fantastic um, the music I would say I would classify it as like mid- uh, middle Eastern folk music um, although there are songs in here that definitely lean towards more industrial or experimental mm-hmm. um, similar to how we discussed how um, every scene in dujana, even though it's incongruous, it can be incongruous with other things in the game. Yeah. Uh, everything is purposefully kind of designed to evoke the most amount of emotion in any one scene you're watching. Um, the music absolutely follows that suit. Um, so it, it it's like... No soundtrack, I think, is as appropriate for each scene that you're watching as Dushana's. Mm-hmm. Um, and for a game that is like... maybe two hours long, ...and has a soundtrack that's longer than that. (laughs) Uh, It's just really interesting... um, ...how much music was made and put into this game... ...and like... um, ...and how discordant it is. Like, this Mm -hmm. would be one of those albums that like... ...if you you played it in your car to friends who... uh, ...were not sure what they were about to listen to... ...they would kind of look at you like... ...hey, is this the worst mixtape ever? Yeah. (laughs) Did you decide to just get the most like... uh, ...discordant music you could find... And put it in an order that makes no sense. Um, Because it's interesting how this game will switch from, like, some of the most, like, grating hardcore music Mm -hmm. you've heard. Um, Like, I put the song up here. It's called Band One's Drum and and Guitar. Mm -hmm. Um, And just, like, hearing that in, like, the local coffee shop in the game and then moving out to hear, like, the beautiful, like, overworld theme. Um, But, like... The the point of Dujana is like, hey, we're all dealing with uh, our existential crisis in our own way, um, even though we are all living right next to each other. So it's like, hey, let's. Society can be beautiful even if without it being homogenous. I think a big thing that Jack King Spooner is trying to get at at his game is like, our society is becoming too homogenous. Like regardless of where you go, you have the same you know fast food chains or you have the same music. Everyone listens to the same shit and like reads the same shit. And he's saying, like, society can be beautiful even if, like, we are the most different people possible. Um, we can still find ways to find beauty everywhere. Um, the soundtrack definitely captures that. Mm-hmm. Where, like, you are listening to some really discordant shit um, all over the place. <clears> and it's still, like, it it it, it really, like, uh, still enraptures you um, into its world. Um, yeah, and as far as, like, just The individual compositions of these songs, like um, they're fucking fantastic. Like, I'm really impressed. This was made by one man. Yeah. Because like there are so many genres going on here, Um, and he kind of nails a lot of them. I mean, they're not clean. Like, uh, this is someone who's definitely like doing two takes of a song and going, "That's fine. Put it in the game." like you can hear like errors in some of the songs it's really interesting mm-hmm. um, and he's just like this still fits with the game um, which is why it kind of would classify it as experimental but um, yeah
0: i i don't think all of these like work outside of the game in the same way that like, no these other soundtracks we have
1: would. Oh, absolutely not there are some songs in the djana soundtrack <laughs> like people would jump out of your car <laughs> if you tried to make them listen to it, yeah. uh, which work really well in the confines of the game. Yeah, totally. Um, but yeah, like, the, and not to get don't get us wrong, there is beautiful, beautiful music mm-hmm. in Dushana that absolutely works uh, by itself. Um, but I think the soundtrack as a whole is uh, designed with the game in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, I think everyone should download the Dushtana soundtrack just to hear some stuff
3: that like you were not expecting to hear yeah. <laughs> um, the track uh, Thank Fuck You Stood On My Heart is one of my favorites of the year it's really good before. I man. love that song
1: man Thank Fuck You Stood On My Heart it's one of like the few uh, tracks with vocals yeah uh, or or lyrics I should say there are a lot of tracks with vocals that are just screaming or humming or like hymns or whatever but uh yeah Thank Fuck You Stood On My Heart is a really good banger like and that track um, name is great <laughs> yeah <laughs> no for sure like um, yeah, it's, it's hard to talk about Dujana in any capacity because it's kind of unlike any other game this year, but, uh, mm-hmm. I think it's, soundtrack is really good, but I think, uh, our last contender here, near uh, is better. Okay. Um. You want me to take it off? Dujana? Yep. Um, unless you guys feel
3: strongly about it. Like um, uh, for me, it's basically that one song that I feel strongly so okay. about.
1: Yeah, so. um, <laughs> yeah, I would personally take it off. Okay. Um, because I need to talk about near Automata* soundtrack.
0: Should we leave for this one, or
1: you should leave? This is okay. my <laughs> just this <laughs> is my podcast now. I'm gonna let
0: you. I'm gonna let you take off your clothes and then start. It's gonna be
1: a right? a little off podcast where <laughs> I only talk about near Automata* soundtrack. All right, I'm buckling um, up. Uh, Near Automata Soundtrack myself. is the best soundtrack of 2017. It has the strongest motifs in its composition um, than any other title, easily. And I will explain why. Um, but I want to say that you can listen to the entire soundtrack of Nier by itself, and you would understand a lot of that game's pathos without even understanding a word of the narrative. Um, like, if you just gave that soundtrack to someone to listen to, they would be like, this game is about some fucked up shit, isn't it? And you're like, yeah, don't worry. (laughs) It it sure is. Um, There are a lot of things that this game does that I think are really inventive. Um, The same, similar to the game. Like, this game, in a nutshell, is just, like, one of the most creative pieces of art across any medium. Mm -hmm. Um, But its music has some really great, uh, uh, just kind of, like, um, just ideas. Like... One of the songs um, actually has multiple versions uh, sung by different singers in different languages. Um, and I was reading up about this, and I learned that the, re- the singers of each version were actually incentivized to write their own lyrics, so that the tone of the songs kind of varies by singer to singer, depending on their interpretation of the events in the game. Yeah. Um, so you actually see, for the song, it's called Song of a Broken World, Um, The contrast between the Japanese version, which is incredibly, like, painfully pessimistic, to the point where the vocalist uh, Marina Kawano, she starts crying at the end of her performance. Damn. Like, in the song. Like, they kept it in the recording. Um, And when you read the content, uh, like, the the lyrics, like, the the roughly uh, translated from Japanese lyrics, like, It's no wonder that she starts breaking down, like, she's yelling, like, we shout in our worthlessness the violated love of this world, my voice doesn't get through the depth of the sins that I have committed. Like, she's just, like, belting this out, and just, like, she can't hold it together, and, like, she's almost blubbering at the end of that song, um, Mm -hmm. for how, like, painful it is to sing. Um, and then there's another version of the song, um, that's sung in, uh, what's called Nouveau French, which is a fictional language. It is just, uh, it's French and Japanese combined with a large uh, emphasis on French f- uh, phonemes. Um, and okay. that version, like, is left up to interpretation because no one knows, like, what is being sung. Um, yeah. and I think that's the one that is used in the, uh, in the opera version. Um, the, the live version that, uh, I sent to you guys. Okay. Um, like, that one is extremely powerful. And then, you like, the other, uh, songs, like the... The, the one that's just in French uh, is a lot more optimistic uh, about its events, of, or its interpretation of the events. Um, ultimately, I think Near soundtrack succeeds um, because, I, like I said earlier, like it captures the motifs, um, or I'm sorry, the themes using motifs extremely well. Um, Near Automata is a game about being human. Um, the motifs of uh, the sound, the uh, the songs encapsulate the experience of being human from birth, through just the strife of everyday life to death, mm-hmm. um, and you see that like the early songs in the game are they're they're playful and childish. They use xylophones and toy pianos. The choirs um, early on are child, uh, child choirs. Uh-huh. So like in Pascal's village, those are children singing. Um, And then later in the game, as the game gets more climactic and sobering, uh, that's when they start bringing in the thunderous drums and the operatic chants of war. Uh, There is this sense of mourning in a lot of the music. It's like a funeral mass. Um, One of the tracks at the beginning of the game, it's the one I sent to you guys. uh, It's the Yorha base. Um, Mm -hmm. What is that track called again?
0: Fortress of Lies.
1: Fortress of Lies, yeah. It's a spoiler. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that that track is set to the beat of a heart, um, and it has this noise in the background that's a little like, it you you hear little like dings of it, but it's an EKG machine. It is actually like a heart monitor. Um, when Ninas dies late in the game, uh, a similar song plays that's also set to the beat of the heart, um, mm-hmm. but the heartbeat flickers until it stops, um, and they use it, it's like this perfect arc of, like, these characters' uh, lives and their the events that they're going through uh, is reflected in the music. Um, Chris Plant of Polygon had a really good quote about uh, this game's soundtrack, uh, which he also said was the best of the year. Um, he wrote, near Automata is a game about being human. We see robots and androids, but what we hear is our own hearts beating within them. And, like, that's like the powerful thing about this game. It's a game that has no humans in it, but it is about all the foibles of humanity. Um, And it is about kind of this obsession with finding meaning, which is why, like, there is so much, like, fanfare in the music. Like, Mm -hmm. because these robots are so about, like, their causes that, like, they're more than willing to go to war. And that's why there are so many, like, uh, large war drum... uh, Like, the the use of drums in this fucking game is so good. Like, whoever was on the big drum for all the war themes, like, was fucking, get, like, getting his pay worth and then some. Like, it's just, there's such a powerful sense of, uh, of, um, just strife and pathos in, uh, near soundtrack. While still being, like, in its own, an incredibly beautiful piece of work. Like, um, you don't need to play near to enjoy this soundtrack. Um so yeah like I, I think Nier's soundtrack um both in a vacuum and out in within the context of the game is by far one of the best soundtracks in just gaming not 2017 just like across it like they it, they knocked it out of the park in a way that i've just like i'm stupefied by playing this game
0: okay um, but would you say that it's better than mario plus rabbits <laughs> um Kirkhope knows what he's doing
1: Grand Kirkhope is a nice enough man <laughs> who uh-huh. made the GoldenEye soundtrack, which I really like.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and the Mario Plus Rabbit soundtrack, a-, a game which I've played a lot of. I uh-huh. cannot tell you how one of those songs goes.
3: Okay. I've been listening to Nier as you've been talking and like bits and pieces here and there. Uh-huh. And as a huge fan of symphonic metal... Uh-huh. This is right up my alley. Yeah, this is incredible. I yeah, just move don't over like it that much. Trans Siberian Orchestra. <laughs> like, uh, Trans Siberian Orchestra. That it just,
0: it just doesn't it doesn't move me in a way, mm-hmm. and it doesn't make me want to keep listening to it. Mm-hmm. Um, again, that's me personally. Like what you say. Like I I believe what you say, and like the the whole like language stuff. That sounds really rad, and like I like how I like how it is. Um, kind of changed throughout the game like you said um how it starts off with like kids and and more uh, basic instruments or um and moves on to to like more grand um songs but it it just doesn't it doesn't do it for me in the same way that um especially like pyre like i love like, i love playing guitar and all that and that and pyre has a lot of guitar in it and i think it's really good and It just, it did more for me than, than Nier is. I mean... And that said, I didn't finish Nier, um, and I didn't finish Pyre, but I've listened to all the Pyre soundtrack, and I've listened to, to some of the songs on the Nier soundtrack, and it just, it doesn't make me want to keep listening.
1: Um, I wrestled between Pyre and Nier and Norwood Suite, and, like, after listening to Nier's soundtrack a few times through, and, like, remembering how that game goes... Like, it became a no-brainer. Uh, Bipolar Nightmare
3: is right out of a Nightwish album.
1: I have to fight yeah, for this one. <laughs> it's yeah. so good. No, yeah, Bipolar Nightmare is a really good you know, song. Yeah. There, There is a... There is a poetic composition to Nir's album that I don't think exists in Pyre. I think Pyre's mm-hmm. music does a good job of establishing its world and its characters. Yeah. Um, but it's almost like like a it it it's uh it doesn't give a sense that these characters can change the way mm-hmm. nears does um like i think one of the best examples it's called grand ceremony in pyre soundtrack it's a uh, mm-hmm. manfred the uh the tree person that's evil um that's a good name it's it's his uh theme And you hear that and you're like, alright, this is a good theme for like a dastardly villain. It has like a harpsichord and it's a really effective (laughs) song. But then, like, the changes that character go through uh, aren't captured in the music. So it's just like, alright, every time I see this guy, I'm gonna think he is the same dastardly villain he was when I met him, even though he is going through the changes as we go through these rites. Um, Yeah, there are a lot of characters that have a lot of growth that I don't think their themes uh, entire their their themes are almost like intro themes like a wrestling theme like oh here is the theme for uh, the thrash pack um, I forgot the name of the the dog who runs that um, mm-hmm. and it's just like these characters change but their themes don't so oh, a lot of the time on. I'm just like come on like uh, work with me here Pyre soundtrack like yeah especially a game that's about like revolution and like making a better society um, yeah. it, it it sounds like the soundtrack is more about the journey than like the destination, which is fine. Yeah. Like I think that's a strength of it. Um, but I think there are things that are missing from the Pyre soundtrack um, that I think the Near uh, soundtrack like absolutely nails. Complete. Yeah, it, okay. I think the Near soundtrack understands its characters better mm-hmm. um,
0: than the Pyre soundtrack. The the one strike I'll put against Pyre, um, that, I mean, we kind of hinted at it earlier. Um, like, it's kind of more of, like, what Bastion and Transistor are. A little bit, um, yeah. Like, and it, we've kind of heard this style before. Uh, I mean, that's not to, like, take from it and say that it's, like, not as good, but, like, and, or it's not good at all or anything, but, um... Like we've definitely had a feel of it before this, whereas Mirror oh, sure. sounds like something completely different than, than any of these on this list uh, in a way, and it, it's, um, it's better at making a cohesive, like it tells a cohesive story in itself.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: yeah, I just think that like. I mean, you give. Uh, near some pretty high praise <laughs> Yeah. as somebody that like I know that you listen to a lot of music and um, like you have definitely put quite the breadth on here and to say that like near is one of the best in gaming period
1: yeah near soundtrack is like kind of stupefying
0: I, um, like, I don't know that I can even attempt to take that from you don't take my baby <laughs>
1: yeah. I'm um,
3: willing to agree with that. It is really good. Yeah,
1: I, I I like the Pyre soundtrack a lot. The thing is, like, the Pyre soundtrack has hit its peak with me. Uh-huh. Like, whereas I enjoy the Near soundtrack more every time I listen to it. Yeah. Um, and the Pyre soundtrack like is has stopped growing on me. So now every time I listen to it, I'm like, yep, this it's this song. It's a good song. <laughs> Well, but I mean, it doesn't like, stir it, me. It feels
0: like there was more like thought put into the near soundtrack of how you will consume it, and like, like there are levels to that to that soundtrack. Like, just the heartbeat thing, like that's, yeah, freaking cool. Like yeah. that that's insane, and also like it means something. And, and like, to listen to that, and like, there's just something there that I think Pyres is something that you'll listen to for a week, and go like, yeah, that was that's a really good soundtrack, and. And everything, but like, nears tells this story unlike any of the soundtracks that we like really have in gaming.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, uh, we still have like a few of these. Oh, I'm looking at my notes, not yours. Um, yeah. yeah, of the ones that are still up here, for me, it's near taking it with Norwood Suite in second.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, that's yeah. I I came into this thinking Pyro would win, but that, that that's a really <laughs> if that's a really convincing argument for near. And also, I I think Norwood Suite takes it just because it is so bizarre, and I love it. <laughs> like mm-hmm. um, whereas Pyro, like I said, it's just a lot of guitar, and like I re- that that really works for me. But I think Norwood Suite is like something completely different, and I I I, I think. It's more
3: unique than Pyre. Yeah. And as okay. you know, weird music is right up my alley. <laughs> so let's yeah. 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 see. <laughs> All, right. All right.
0: All right. All right. Oh, shoot. We got
1: through shoot, this dang. alive. Yeah. yeah. I, I be... didn't
0: expect you to sell me on Near that well, but yeah. you, you totally did.
1: I mean, a month ago, I would have fought harder for Pyre. Yeah. And maybe Ben. It
0: sounded like you were going to be fighting pretty hard for Pyre.
1: Because uh, I was planning on it, and then I listened to a lot of Near soundtrack. I was like, mm, actually.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, uh, for best music, we have uh, Nier Automata taking it. Suite. Both. Uh very similar in style, right? Guys? Absolutely. Sure, yeah. 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 They're both like the same thing.
1: Yeah, see Cosmo D open for Ke- Keiichi Okabe with his band Monica.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
3: oh shit, we forgot and the boxy soundtrack. And then that,
0: that girl cried. <laughs> yeah. And that, that lady cried and uh, it was amazing. She right. loves the Norwood suite. Alright, um, This has been a long uh, category, Um, but we'll catch you tomorrow with Best Game. You guys ready to do Best Game? Hell yeah. Let's do this thing. Talk about something that is just disappointing. No, not feeling that one either? Okay.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> I try to make a sick burn.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, um but I thought you've been
1: kicked enough. Yeah, well.
0: Um, um, Good um how do I present this how do I present this? category great, um, great audio no this isn't we're not going yet this will be cut <laughs> um you guys listen to the kaido cast let's talk about disappointing <laughs> sick
2: burn oh boom. sick burn on ourselves
0: burn. boom dunk on kaido dunk on kaido <laughs> dunk on
2: Roppa? that's yeah that's my favorite okay Chunsoft um, no. game. Okay, well... <laughs>